This week's episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by Neon Skies Studio and the webcomic Sela Mort, which can be found at neonskiesstudio.com. Not to be confused with Neon Sky Studio. Yes. Neon Skies? There are multiple studio. skies. At the end of yeah. this pre-roll, we'll spell it out for you. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, this is a webcomic written and drawn by our friend uh, Jala Prentice, mm-hmm. and it is about an embittered ghost named Porter and his encounters with capital D death. Not the regular death mm-hmm. that we all have to deal with. Yeah, not the one like that Like, if your parents aren't us. dead, they're going to die. <laughs> just, just FYI, kids. Spooky. <laughs> you might die alone. Um, we all but die alone, Gary. It's, it's true. Everyone said in the, in the, the end. Um, yeah, but it's beautiful. The... Um, this is actually death, like the uh, like like I imagine like death from uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, yeah, you can find there's this is a whole multimedia empire thing. Um, there's short stories, uh, audio plays, all kinds of stuff that Jala has planned. Planned. It's really neat. She's super prolific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, where can people find that? Cool. They can find that at Neon Skies Studio. That is N E O N S K I E S S T U D I O dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Welcome to What If History. We all know how the T-virus outbreak in the late 90s affected our private and public lives. But today, we will examine what the T-virus would have done to our greatest orators. Up first, we have Zombie Lincoln. Four score and twenty years ago, <clears throat> freedom came. British shirt red, so killed them. No can consecrate hollow ground nation birth. Freedom, freedom. And now, Zombie Kennedy will present us with. Uh, um, no, this is dumb, Cole. Yeah, it's real stupid. I'm sorry. Like, it was like worst really, work. It's like really last minute. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's okay. The, uh, the, but it doesn't matter because uh, it's a fake out. Yeah. What are we actually here to talk about? We're here to talk about Duckstream. 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 Duckstream is a charity live stream event. That uh, Cole and I and other members of the network are doing uh, on mid to late November. November, November 21st. 21st and 22nd. 24 hours. It straddles a day. Yeah. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific through to 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. It is uh, it, if, you're, if you're part of the night crew, mm-hmm. you, know, you can hang out late, hang out, watch the night crew. And then during, <laughs> during the day... And we kind of got it planned, like what, uh, you know, the, the first half is kind of more claustrophobic. The second half is more uh, kind of set. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's gonna be a singular viewing experience. You can just kind of take that and, <laughs> and just just hang out with it. Um, yeah. It's gonna be super cool. And uh, who who are we doing this for? We are doing this for Transactive, which is one of the only charities of its kind. Yeah, if not the only uh, charity of its kind. Transactive uh, benefits uh, trans youth mm-hmm. specifically. So they do education. They do outreach. They have this thing called the In a Bind program that mm-hmm. uh, uh, helps you know uh, people who are transitioning from. Uh, female to male to get chest binders, which is super important. Um, this is an issue that's crazy close to my heart. Uh, you know, I have a lot of, uh, lot of friends who are trans and my stepbrother, and it is just such a, you know, I have an amazing amount of, uh, you know, just like goodwill and want to help this thing that I think is, people is still kind of like misunderstood. Like, I feel like this is one of the last um, frontiers mm-hmm. of people being shitty and not understanding a thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
and then let's let's uh, let's do something good for games because games are garbage right now. <laughs> yeah. and, and if we can do something to help, let's do it. So certain sections of the gaming community are garbage. Yes. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Specifically to to minorities and and trans people. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's you know this is not necessarily related, but let's uh, let's do a little bit of good. So yeah. um, if you go to duckfeed.tv forward slash duckstream, um, you will see some information on that that has mm-hmm. real basic right now, but we will update that as we, uh, you know, get kind of come up with stuff, you know, if we figure out what games we're going to play, yep. um, you know, maybe uh, crazy incentive goals and stuff. And that's where the link will be to donate. Yes. So once again, that is duckfeed.tv slash duckstream. My name is Ghouly Blutterfield. <laughs> and my name is Skull Loss. And you're listening to Watch Out for uh, you know, Goblin Balls. <laughs> you're watching the Watch Out, for, Watch Out for Fireballs, the retro video games podcast. Yes. Super spooky edition. Ooh, it is our Halloween survival horror game. And we're talking about Resident Evil, which was remade and published by Capcom for the GameCube in 2002. Yes, and it's the remake or Resident Evil make or our remake <laughs> of the original Resident Evil, which was developed and published by Capcom for the PlayStation in 1996. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the game, uh, you play as a policeman's or policewoman's uh, exploring a zombie-infested mansion using limited resources to fight off creatures, uh, and you're also solving puzzles. Uh, this is the quintessential survival horror game. Yeah, it is the one that really calcified a lot of the things we consider to be survival horror. Um, obviously, the genre has precedence, mm-hmm. um, but this is uh, this is really what we think of, or a refined version of what we think of. Yeah. Um, the remake changes a fair number of the puzzles and adds wrinkles and complications to the combat. Uh, the creator of the game is on record as saying it's about seventy percent new. Yeah, um, which is which is pretty much bears out. Uh, the most apparent change is visual. Um, this is. Uh, maybe the best looking game on the GameCube. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like, I think it's kind of hard to argue with. Yeah. Um, you know, there are like, there are like Killer yeah. 7 and stuff. They're really stylish looking. Yeah, games. like Wind Waker, you, you know. Yeah. Like, Wind, Wind Waker looks good. This looks really, really good, though. Yes, it does. Um, at least for going for like a more realistic look. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, you know, and it's 12 years old now and it just looks so, so good. And it makes the HD remake that's coming up. Like, when we first talked about doing this, there was a little bit of like, oh, should we wait for the HD remake? But. Eh, like it, it doesn't <laughs> no. it's really killing the lily like it's mm-hmm. doesn't make that big of a difference yeah like the remake is important because it makes this more available to people right like yeah if this is that that will probably be the, the the widest release this game is going to get at least until the next remake in uh 2021 yeah yeah there aren't very many gamecube exclusives right that, that, that remain so mm-hmm. um so yeah that that is the that is the good part about that but i don't think they're going to make it look that much better because it looks amazing yeah 
and uh, you know the play isn't really much different from the from the beginning. Like you're still doing tank controls, you still have these hyper cinematic fixed angles, right? And really, the biggest change uh, to the to, is to the combat and to the creatures uh, with the addition of crimson head zombies. Uh, so in the first game, when you killed a zombie, it was down and like, hey, I checked that off. I checked that off my to do list, mm-hmm. and uh, it's no longer a concern. Whereas you're, in this you're game, die list. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Uh, uh, whereas in this game. Uh, <laughs> whereas in this game, zombie corpses are a finite resource, much like pretty much everything else in the game. Finite resources. If you don't blow off a zombie's head while you're killing it, or use uh, a little bit of kerosene and a lighter to set it on fire, it will raise up and um, uh, kill you, uh, more, most likely because it'll be a tougher version of that zombie, uh, namely a crimson head. Um, and this adds, again, more resource constraint to the game and makes the mansion really, really hostile on top of how hostile it already was and how spooky and atmospheric the new visuals made it. Yeah, like super hostile, super dynamic, you know, so it's actually changing and encourages, you know, a play style of avoiding enemies, which, you know, for pro-click Resident Evil players, you know, people <laughs> who are speedrunning the game or who you know, are, are, and the game has a built-in mechanic for that. Like, it encourages you to try to beat it as possible, as quickly as possible. Uh, for people who do that, they're already running past zombies and to conserve ammo and such. And now that's a really good idea because anything you don't kill can't come back as a, a crimson head. Yeah. Um, to kind of counterbalance this a little bit, there are defensive weapons um, that you have with you. So when you get grabbed, you can either, like, shove a knife into the zombie or uh, shock them with a taser or the best one, uh, <laughs> stuff a flask grenade in their mouth. <laughs> and, uh, we, you know, so you don't get take damage at this point. And they can also contribute to uh, to killing the zombie. If you're, mm-hmm. you're Chris and you shoot the flash grenade, it will actually blow up the zombie's head. Yeah. Which, uh, as we mentioned before, blowing off heads is, is great. <laughs> yeah. For this. Uh, like an overripe melon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, one, of, one of the updates is kind of more controversial for, for, for some people who appreciated uh, the campier aspects of the original uh, version of the game is uh, that they updated the script and the voice acting uh, uh, to make it less uh, B-movie-esque overall. Um, so mm-hmm. there's no more like, oh, a Jill sandwich or Master of Unlocking, any of those things that eventually became memes. Those are all gone in favor of kind of a more serious, uh, more self-serious uh, gritty tone, right? Yeah. And it's still not great (laughs) as far as that goes. Like, it's still pretty laughable. Yeah. Um, I like the old Barry voice so much more than I like the new one. Me too. (laughs) Like, there's one of my favorite video game lines of all time is when, like, I think it's when you tell Barry to be careful when you're exploring the first thing in the first one. And he goes, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's just like, he's he's a real gruff, uh, you know, big grizzly bear. And I really like that about Barry. And now, like, he doesn't look as good. Like, I always wanted Barry a little fatter and hairier than than he is in the remake. Yeah, he just got like a a seven o'clock shadow in this one, whereas in the original he had a, a glorious red beard. Yeah, like he's doughy, but not in a satisfying way. <laughs> like he still looks like a cop in this one, and I like the real old Barry because he looked like an uncle. Yeah, uncle. Like, and I like old, co- I like uncles more than cops. Old Uncle Barry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so for the purposes of, the, of this episode, we're going to be focusing on Jill's campaign, primarily for mm-hmm. simplicity's sake, honestly, because they don't diverge as much as uh, um, uh, Leon and Claire's campaigns in Resident Evil 2. Right. Yeah, not nearly as much. Right. Uh, and also, 
I was selfishly wanted to play Jill kind of regardless of what you chose because I really hate Rebecca Chambers. <laughs> and I kind of come across that. Like I was doing a little bit of research on the show and was reminded, I was like, I really don't like Resident Evil. Why? Resident Evil Zero, rather. Mm-hmm. Why is that? You know, maybe it'd be fun to revisit that. And I was looking at some kind of scenes and stuff online and stuff. And I think it's Rebecca Chambers. Like I really mm. don't like Rebe- Rebecca Chambers. Do you, is it she's because really she's annoying. like a helpless, annoying little girl? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like it's not, it's not a sexism thing. Like I think Jill is badass. Like Jill's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Um, even though in this one she's got super spooky Jim Brewer eyes, <laughs> like she looks so stoned during the entire game. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's just blazing. Yeah, she's, like, she's constant got blazing. Extra eyelid skin. About. Yeah, she's got a creepy cat third eyelids <laughs> for some reason. But she yeah. straight up looks like Jim Brewer to me. Yeah, in, in this game. Yeah, and, um, and, and that's the... one thing you can say about Rebecca Chambers is she doesn't. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's wide eyed. Uh, yeah, they they they, they don't fix the uh, the. The, the the Jill's Jim Brewer eyes in the remake either. Her model is pretty yeah. much the same. Yeah, which, just give her cool shades. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Wesker gets them. His eyes are yeah. fucked up later. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, I don't know. Like um, Rebecca's really interesting because in the novelizations of the games, um, and there were more of them than you would think, um, that author made her like the the standout hero character. Yeah. It was like, a real like he just he just loved her or she yeah. just loved uh loved her and made her the main character of almost all of them mm-hmm. um yeah the uh something that we'll, we both have we've referenced before on the show but and we'll probably reference is like probably my all-time favorite game facts document is this guy named president evil oh my gosh did a, a resident evil plot analysis that when i was first getting into the internet mm-hmm. and getting into like just kind of like oh here's content like mm-hmm. this is something to read um i fucking love that thing it's it's amazing um, yeah it's a really good like you know, breakdown of the series and unanswered questions and kind of like, you know, how does this fit into what? And it's a really good way to read about like dead aim and, and survivor without playing them. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a good uh, synopsis of those plots and how they, they fit in and stuff. It's great. Yeah. Um, and he's, the, that's how I got my knowledge of the novels. Like I've never read the novels, but I have read his synopsis of like Caliban Cove and <laughs> you know, dead city and whatever they're called. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's pretty great. He's a, he's a goon, right? President evil. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. And he's he's kind of ashamed of doing it. Like I remember there was some thread where he was talking about like it was like the game facts dot text thread mm-hmm. and he was like kind of embarrassed. And I just wanted to be like, Don't be embarrassed, buddy. No, like, like especially grading on a curve, like this is this is fantastic. Like yeah. you're right up there with D. Simpson's like Baldur's Gate facts. Like you're doing great. Yeah. It's great work. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe my fondness for the Resident Evil plot comes from, comes from reading that because I had I had a distinct moment where it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to this right yeah behind it just you know just by reading his analysis like having somebody go through all of that asininity like i i kind of to this day know what the differences between the different kinds of viruses are right. because, because of that document yeah. yeah yeah and he stopped with uh four which is disappointing because i would love to see him like you know try to like <laughs> where, where that uh, that actual fat bearded guy from revelations actually fits in everything <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah. Um, also, uh, President Evil, uh, we, we brought him up first, I think, on the uh, Silent Hill 2 episode because hmm. he did uh, a similar analysis uh, for Silent Hill um, across yeah. that series. And uh, it is similarly really good. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. So we're, we're pro that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters have a mechanical difference as well. That's a that's what we like to call segue. <laughs> um, Jill has a better carrying capacity, lower health. She's a little worse with weapons, and she has a lockpick, which means she doesn't have to do this kind of chaff item of small keys yeah. uh, that you find to get into uh, locked cabinets and shit. Yeah, um, and she uh, trades off, you know, for that lockpick by not being able to have a uh, a lighter in a free spot. So if she needs yeah. to burn enemies, whereas Chris, 
Um, he has the lighter at the start, so you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about that. But you are trading off that slot for extra small keys, so it kind of comes out in the wash, uh, along with him being a little bit more resilient and uh, having two fewer inventory slots. Uh, yeah, so he, he's hard mode within, like, either mode. <laughs> yes. There's kind of, like, four difficulty levels to the game, even though there are only two on the screen. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hiking and, uh, what is it, mountain climbing? Yeah, mountain climbing and hiking. It's an official stars. It's part of the application. <laughs> Do you think you can get to your destination slowly, or is it hard, supposed to be hard? <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. you're you're hired to stars. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. play 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 it on uh, on on mountain climbing because it is meant to be a, it is meant to be a tense experience. I know yeah. I normally wouldn't be a uh, you know difficulty you know kind of elitist like that but uh it really is about managing those limited resources and just getting in a real bind every once in a while yeah. you know yeah or i mean but if if you're just not going to play it mm-hmm. like you can also play it on easy and get all the awesome visuals and yeah. and the story is actually really good in this one too like one of the things i realized revisiting this especially after we've done resident evil 2 is like this is the most straightforward of the resident evils mm-hmm. even with this uh remake that adds some kind of revisionist history with the ashfords and shit yeah. um but it's like, oh, this story used to be like a like a haunted house, yeah, kind of thing, and then it just got you know just so bonkers, and that's like something we make fun of a lot. But like, the joys of the self contained story, mm-hmm. you know, where these people get trapped in a mansion where the shit's going down is great. Yeah, like it just feels very economical. Yeah, and coming back through it this time, you know, there's a there's a tremendous sense of mystery behind it. Right. Yeah. And like as you are going through and, you know, replacing fake items with real ones, you are kind of uncovering what the uh, what the actual story of behind what, you know, the actual story behind what happened. You know? Yeah. It yeah. kind of it kind of trades um, like an intentionality or an intentional mystery for the kind of offsetting mysterious feeling you would get from the PlayStation one mm-hmm. version that you got partly from abstracted graphics. Yeah. And stuff like the novelty of the PlayStation one version where you're just exploring this big kind of house and it has this kind of pacing and gameplay that you haven't really seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still present, but because the genre had evolved a lot more, they actually was like, well, how can we use storytelling and how can we use these environments to do more with that and kind of push up that angle that came naturally before? Yeah. And uh, I make no secret about the fact that I love this game. Like mm-hmm. I have, I have tremendous fondness for the original Resident Evil, but this remake is one of my favorite games of uh, yeah. of all time, and it is, it is, it continues to be the best example of what a remake can and should be. Right? Yeah. As we're entering a time where that just happens more and more often, everything they add here is a true benefit. Um, yeah. You know, be that the increased visual fidelity or the extra story elements. I mean, we're going to talk about her at length, but Lisa Trevor is is just a wonderful addition to this. Yeah, she's she's really great. Like it is it is an unquestioned upgrade. Yeah. To the first one. Like it's rare that a remake I feel will make the original version more or less obsolete. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to imagine going back to Resident Evil One with this in existence unless yeah. you wanted to play it on your DS or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was the only reason why. Yeah. And so that's the reason why we're talking about the remake as opposed to the original, because if we did the original, I feel like the conversation would be very similar to the Resident Evil Two episode. Yeah, and we'd spend a lot of time like waxing about things that got better in the remake yep um yeah can't go so back. Let's, uh, tell me tell me about the plot cole yes so there have been reports of mysterious attacks in the Arclay mountains outside of about Raccoon 10 city people yep a very specific number <laughs> 10 people um yeah. it appears that the flesh was eaten off of them so they're assuming it's wild dogs which is correct uh mm-hmm. so the Raccoon city police department sent their stars bravo team out uh because alpha was away at lunch i suppose uh to investigate but they never returned 
correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then the events of the game start uh, when the Alpha team goes out to rescue them and they're attacked by violent dogs. Yeah, and uh, and you as members of the Alpha team uh, flee to a mansion in the woods just to get away from dogs, <laughs> and it is full of zombies. And you know somebody goes missing, one of your your party members, and you kind of get embroiled in this mystery that is a, a scientific, you know, pretty pretty, you know, generic horror sci fi cliche mm-hmm. of just like a you know a, a company gone wrong, science gone wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a comment on capitalism. This way. Damn it. Make for that mansion. Um, this, unlike the uh, the original version, is not FMV, so right. you don't get it's actually characters and stuff. So you can do a lot of more neat stuff during this opening intro, uh, which I really like. Um, you know, the way that they show the dogs is more foreboding. They look less silly. Like the dogs in the first one are just like, they look like they do in the Resident Evil movie where it's like just dogs and jello. Yep. You know, like just red jello on dog. (laughs) Apply red jello directly to Doge and get Resident Evil Doge. Oh, that is a Halloween costume for your Doge. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out. Check to make sure that jello isn't poisoned to dogs first. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I just want to make sure. I don't want to be responsible for that gear. I can't carry that weight. I don't think anyone's <laughs> listening to that joke and then like dressing up their dog. <laughs> I know. Based on this, like, finally. <laughs> Eureka. I'm up with an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You also uh, you lose the great character introductions, such as yeah. Chris Redfield smoking his cigarette. Even even in the first one, Rebecca's uh, Rebecca Chambers is annoying right from the start. Like, isn't her <laughs> character introduction like her tightening her Rambo bandana? Yep, and looking like super sassy. Yep, she's she, all of like fourteen years old. She gives like a like a little fake curtsy. It's real. Yeah. Uh, and, and the music gets all soft. Yeah, yeah, I dislike her. Um, <laughs> Your dislike for her is infectious. I I never minded her as much, but like the way you describe her makes me really not. Want it's to. probably part, partly just also my my distaste for Resident Evil Zero. Okay. The, um, yeah, I should have played as Chris so I could have gotten her killed. <laughs> like it's difficult, but you can actually you can kill your supporting character. But I just I have a soft spot for Barry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Barry has plenty of soft spots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he's one big walking soft spot. Yeah, yeah. He's a so like he's a real softy. He just yeah. he just wants to get his family back. Yeah, until he doesn't. Yep. Which is really funny. Until he's just like, whatever. <laughs> it's not worth it. What? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so they, you know, they get they get separated from these dogs, and uh, you make your way into this this uh, mansion. Um, Wesker, uh, you know, importantly urges everyone to run into the mansion, and uh, you know Barry, Wesker, and Jill are in this this extremely ornate entry hall, and mm-hmm. uh, Chris is missing. Yes. So. Yeah. This uh, this entry hall. Wow. Talk about yeah. like establishing shots. Yeah. Yeah. It's super, super famous. And they, they keep revisiting it in uh, Resident Evil's like it shows up in Code Veronica. Mm-hmm. It's in like the Resident Evil 5 DLC. But it's because it is the closest thing Resident Evil has, like just an iconic shot. Yeah. You know, like location. There's a couple of them. There's like the the some tigers have red eyes, some tigers have blue eyes. Like, there's a couple of things mm-hmm. that they, they will quote. But uh, this opening mansion is, is probably the most famous and most associated with the series. Yeah. For really good reason. Um, yeah. So with Jill, uh, you head over because you hear a gunshot uh, along with Barry to this uh, to this dining room uh, for another famous scene. Yeah, yeah. So you get to you get to the blood. Uh, there's no Chris there, mm-hmm. and uh, and Barry's going to do his like taste test on the blood. <laughs> this is um, the, uh, o yeah, positive. Just, it's O positive. Just, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> just oh positive brand blood <laughs> you'll, you'll say oh positive just uh just checking it out and he sends you to check out this other room <laughs> and uh, this is you know super famous and this was i remember this was the thing that got uh fixed in the director's cut yes because wasn't this like not as, as bloody and, and cool looking in the original version that got fixed in the director's cut, but no, you this, that uh, they actually uh, they 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 oh, made they it less it down, they did the opposite. Yep. Okay. They they cut. Yeah. They, like it, it used to be that the head would roll off and it would fall. And oh, it would fall right. it over. Uh, but they but they took that out and uh, that omission has remained. Okay. Yeah. And they also, and I, I mentioned this um, in like off roll for another show, but like I re- in my memory, I remember hearing the the zombie chewing before you see him, but I guess that's never been the case. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a missed opportunity, like. Being around a corner and hearing wet sounds around the corner <laughs> yeah. is one of I, like a great horror tool. Like that, <laughs> it's like it's like the tools in your toolbox are like goblins, and then your second tool <laughs> is wet noises around the corner, and then you got yourself a short story. Like that's all you need is goblins and wet noises. Is like, somebody that's having sloppy horror. sex over there? Yeah, and that's scary too. Like I never walked in on people having sex, but like walking in on somebody having sex, you can hear. You know. <laughs> That's something. Swizzle steaks. <laughs> swizzle. <laughs> you say swizzle steaks? Swizzle sticks is what okay, I said. Cool. Yeah. 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 But instead, what what do you see? You see uh, again another another iconic shot of a zombie mowing down on one of the on uh, one of the Bravo team members, um, and he looks over his shoulder, and now you have to deal with this zombie, which it can't be overstated how much of a shot that is at the start because it just drops you back into playable uh, into into play mode, and uh, yeah, boy, like I have a distinct recollection of the first time of you know playing this in the original. Um, not knowing what to do and actually dying, like getting eaten right there because I couldn't figure out how to turn around. Well, it, uh, the, the highlights, two things. One, um, you know, one of the advantages this has over the original is the, the quick turn thing, which yeah. they added uh, Resident Evil 3, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in 3, it might have been in 2. Yeah, it's in, it's yeah. in 3. You press run and hold yeah, three. Uh, and down at the same yeah. time. Um, but the, uh, the other thing is, like, the, this is really a real thesis statement for the game because. Part of you know the Resident Evil tank control classic Resident Evil style is about disempowering you, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, putting you in this dangerous situation, and you only use the controls to kind of walk forward and examine something, mm-hmm. which you could argue the controls are better suited for. Yeah, you know, like for an adventure game, uh, but saying like no, there are going to be dangerous things, and this is your really limited move set to deal with it mm-hmm. um, is really cool, and that's part of the reason why this game was so successful initially. I think is that feeling of, of disempowerment. Um, you know, it's, it's using the medium to add to the horror. It's not like watching a horror movie while playing, you know, Simon on a controller. Mm-hmm. It is inherent to the properties of this as a game, the way that it is, is scary. Yeah. And um, something we, you know, passed over with our talk about loud fucking around a corner. Uh, that is another thesis statement as well, because this game uh, will hide information from you that could be useful. And, you know, yeah. this is this is an establishing moment of walking around a corner directly into danger, uh, which is going to happen several times um, and happened several times in Alone in the Dark, which is kind of the, the, the direct precursor to this, which had, you know, those pre-rendered camera angles and stuff. Um, and that was a real co- uh, controversial thing about a this game and pretty much this entire genre up until it went full 3D and then disappeared was people yeah. really really felt like that was artificial and that it was sacrificing playability uh, in favor of presentation and you know cheap scares right it's super it's super artificial but it also you know it embraces the gameness of it yeah you know like i feel like it's part of the your moveset like it's part of dealing with the camera and your character being able to see things that not you cannot necessarily see mm-hmm. 
um, is part of the the artifice artifice that makes this interesting. Yeah, you know that makes it not a game that's trying to be a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And and you know me, the, like the further you can move something away from a movie, the happier I am. And like this game does a great job of that by actually emulating things <laughs> of cinema. But like, how would that work in a in a play space? Mm-hmm. You know, it's super cool. Like I I really like that part of the game. Like me too. You know, and eventually you learn kind of tricks like oh my character will always if i have it on my character will always aim mm-hmm. at something that's dangerous so i can put him around a corner and have him aim you still have a lack of information because you don't know how far away something is or how many there are yeah. so there's still this element of tension but it starts feeling less cheap yeah it also um offloads some of the burden of detail onto the sound design yeah. like if there is a zombie in, the, in a room unless it is deliberately trying to scare you um you will hear it right away yeah you know yeah. so again and the- well, and they use that for the opposite. Like, you'll go into a room and you'll hear foreboding noises and there mm-hmm. won't be anything apparent. Yeah. Apparently wrong. And then something like, they they really pull out all the stops mm-hmm. with this stuff. Like, I, I can't stress enough how much of a good job they did turning Resident Evil into, a, a like, a horror game. Like, a really, really good, scary game. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, which it always was. Mm-hmm. But this just, like, refines that to make it so much more tense and, and actually frightening. Like, yeah. Yeah, GG, <laughs> definitely. And uh, you know, just while we're spouting horror opinions, I love that horror games actually get better as they start looking better. Like it really leverages that presentation um, for a way to you know kind of build this build this world and this, and this atmosphere and draw you in. And that's part of why I feel this is the, you know the, the remake is so much more effective at horror, right? Yeah, you can't well, they, they you can't, can't say the they... same for 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 a lot of other genres where you actually get yeah. you, like it, it gets better at doing what it's trying to do by looking and you know presenting better. I, I've seen both. Yeah. Like honestly, like um, you know, I, I mentioned it. Uh, we did a check it out, comrade, on um, in the kingdom, which like is a genuinely unsettling game that uses its low fidelity. And like one of the things I've referenced a lot, one of the scarier games I've ever played is a Half Life mod called Afraid of Monsters. Yeah, and is a Half Life One mod and uses the fact that Half Life models are janky and low res to actually be scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can use that as a, a stylistic tool as well. Yeah, you know, so it's not always that fidelity equals more mm-hmm. more horror, but it can be. It doesn't suffer yeah. explicitly from from being fancier it gains more by being fancier than a lot of other genres i think that's like yeah. a, a super viable way to go yeah 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 <laughs> so so that's your first zombie it is a fool's errand to try and kill it here because if you're chris you only have a knife um and if you're jill barry will kill it for you yeah yeah that's a that's a little ammo saving trick <laughs> just run back there and then barry will shoot it like six times with a magnum and it'll eventually die um because uh you know he's having an off day what is um, it yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stay back. I'll handle this. <laughs> um, what happens if you're Chris? Because I did not play as Chris this time around. Yeah, so if you're Chris, Wesker sends you over there alone. Um, <clears throat> because both Barry and Jill have disappeared. And you pretty much just walk straight through and uh, get right to the zombie. There's nothing. There, there's no ceremony in the, in the dining room. So mm-hmm. you just kind of leave that as a zombie. Yeah. That makes sense. The, um, it's, uh, since uh, continuing as Jill, um, you know, after Barry uh, kills us, says, Hey, you go check in on Wesker when Wesker Wesker is their commander or yeah. something at this point, right? Like he's their Lieutenant and, uh, gives you the, uh, when you end up back in the main hall, he says, well, you know, Wesker's gone and says, well, let's just check all the doors here. Like don't leave this <laughs> hall, which is always really weird to me. Yep. <laughs> like I can see most of it from where I'm at, buddy. <laughs> um, wait, is Wesker hiding behind that vase? Wesker. <laughs> Spaghetti. Um, <laughs> Wesker, your boots are sticking out from under that curtain. You need to find a better hiding spot. <laughs> Spaghetti. Uh, <the, laughs> 
<laughs> He'll spook you. The, um, the, but after you do this, he gives you the lockpick. Uh, because I think in this version, or maybe it's the books, like, you're the, the daughter of Vincent Val, or like, uh, Valentino Valentine, the famous jewel thief or something like that. That might be a detail from the books. Yeah, but that's they did a detail from the books. How, yeah, they did something to explain how she's the master of unlocking, yeah. which is dumb. Yeah, which it yeah. it makes a little bit more sense in the in the remake because he says, you'll get more use out of this than I will. Yeah. Which, why do you, you have You don't have it? to over explain it. Yeah, just here's a lockpick. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll help. Well, maybe, maybe he's kind of okay at it. <laughs> yeah. But she's better at it. Or maybe he's just being protective because he feels guilty about how he's going to fuck her over and over and over again. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, there's one locked door, and it's, like, right into the prison cell for Wesker. Bye! Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and then you're pretty much given free reign over the mansion, uh, except for the fact that there are a lot of doors that are locked with with, uh, sigil locks, right? So swords Mm -hmm. and keys, uh, which is a really effective way of kind of gating and dividing this game up into, you know, rooms that you're going to encounter in a certain order. Um, And for as, like, wide open and backtracky as the mansion feels, uh, it actually is pretty linear in terms of what it presents to you and when. Yeah. Yeah, and they do another just amazing nod to playability here, which I love, um, is one, having the map just uh, bound to a button, um, which I don't think is in the first one. I think you have to go through the menu. But two, having uh, doors that you still need to interact with be a different color. Like if a room still has something for you to do in it, the door is green. Yeah. If you've cleared a room and you never need to revisit that place again, it turns blue or vice versa. I can't remember. but. And that's super handy. And you know if you've left some equipment there, like you can, oh, I don't have room to pick up these herbs, but I can, you know, if I remember that they're there, the map yeah. will always remind me that something's there. Yeah. Which is just super conscientious. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like any game with like a large map kind of needs to have that. Yeah. Like that, that's a really, really good feature. Um, I, I think I, I feel like, does Silent Hill 2 have that or did I just wish that it did when we were playing that? Uh, I don't know that it will that it will show you when a uh, when a room is clear which is a little bit unfortunate however uh james will um and most of the protagonists in any silent hill game will mark up the map as they go so if there are points of interest uh there will actually be hand-drawn like oh there's this weird cage monster here and it will and it will be there as a as a reminder for later on uh, along with letting you know which doors are locked which doors are broken and which ones are open yeah and and silent hill is in general less about inventory puzzles than Resident Evil. But for mm-hmm. here, since, you know, you inventory management is the name of the game, it's really important to know if, like, you can't pick up a crust or something. Mm-hmm. And know where it's at. Where it's at. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so there's a little bit of a tutorial room off to the side here, which is the generally the first place you want to go uh, with the woman, woman drawing water statue. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, here, this teaches you about pushing stuff around, which doesn't really pop up. Um, especially with stuff you can climb on top of, and also a small little hallway that introduces the defense items mechanic. Yeah, because you you find a defense item and then an, a zombie more or less gets to you before you could you could fight it off. I love that shot because you just walk yeah. away from it and it doesn't change, and you just see yourself backing up, like yeah. it, it rests control away from you, and then there's a zombie right on top of you. Yeah, it's it's that uh, that that like reverse dramatic irony where the character mm-hmm. knows something that you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just super cool. Definitely. Um, did you keep the, the the defense items on as manual, or did you have it deploy automatically? Um, I had them deploy automatically. Yeah. Like partly, partly is just a, a function of when we were doing this, playing this game. We were in the run up for Portland Retro Gaming Expo, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just trying to use my experience a little bit. Yeah. So, it didn't, so. didn't stop me from mashing on the trigger because it's fun to yeah. do that when you're in a in, in an I'm being attacked animation. 
Well, there's a delay before you use it, even if it's on automatic. Yeah. So you don't yeah. take damage, but it feels like, oh shit, mm-hmm. do I need to actually do this? Yeah. Oh. I, like, so I'm such a dummy when it comes to these games. Like, I, I fully surrender to the illusion. Like, even though I know pressing that button does nothing, and even mm-hmm. though I know, like, I can probably have uh, an objectively less stressful time by not playing in this in the dark, like, I go whole hog into it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's the best way to do it because this is like, it is a very effective war game, but it's not like amnesia effective, mm-hmm. you know, like it is scary, but it's not you. If you, if you kind of connect the dots for yourself, you will have a more scary, spooky experience, spooky and which scary. that's what we want because yeah. it's uh, October. <laughs> it's no. spooktober. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the order in which you have to attack this mansion um, is going to throw you off if you are used to the original version of the game. Mm-hmm. Right, like yeah. the dog hallway is not open at the outset; like it's actually locked with a sword key. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. This is all runs together. You have very detailed notes as far as the <laughs> order that you go to these rooms in. Mm-hmm. Um, I my memory is mush and is just like highlights. Yeah, at this point yeah. with, with the connecting tissue. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll, just I'll, because, and I, I think that makes sense too, just given how much backtracking and how much of the game mm-hmm. has that Metroidvania feel, where it's like, oh, I have an item that will unlock things. I need to go find all of the helmet doors. Mm-hmm that i missed before yeah yeah just like uh, m- making another circuit around the mansion to see to see what what other opportunities present themselves um yeah there's a new area in the game that's available right from the outset and that is the kind of backyard uh into the yeah. graveyard and that's the first place that you have to go um and that sets up one of the one of the primary things you're going to be doing in the game which is another set of puzzles or another fetch quest that you have to do uh to open up this coffin that's in this crypt in the backyard um, that, so, that's one of the most amazing set pieces. All all of the outdoor stuff in this game, mm-hmm. like anytime you're outside, it looks incredible. And then that room down there with the coffin, like just looks so good. When you're going down that really really long staircase and you're mm-hmm. seeing the flames kind of dance, yep, on the wall below you, that's so good. Yeah, like so like, so good. The tech in this, like you you know, when when you're playing this game, you're looking at 3D models against a decidedly 2D background, right? But the the way that they throw in lighting models and particle effects and stuff, it creates such a su- such a wonderful uh, illusion. Like that dancing mm-hmm. light is it, it is, it's a it's a great testament to how they kind of economized their detail, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you go back there and you get a you get a cryptic book, uh, the book of curse, and the sword key is inside, and that kind of opens up your first set of doors, uh, including That's that almost what, what books are for in this game. <laughs> like essentially, like books are just boxes. Ah <laughs> oh. oh, man, have you ever hollowed out a book? Uh, no, but I've oftentimes thought of doing it. Yeah, like hide uh, some some whiskey in there or something. Yeah, <laughs> hide your hide your weed in a Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's ironic. I know, right? Mom will never look there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so this uh th- this primarily gets you gets you into the uh, in- into the east section of the uh, of the mansion uh at first. Um again, iconic Resident Evil stuff, the dog hallway. Um d- d- fakes you out. You expect the dog to jump through, but instead you have to pass by a couple times before it comes out, which is a great way at uh you know, building and releasing tension. Yeah. Well, and a great way of setting this up in specific in reference to the first one. Yeah, yeah. Like, at no point do they, you know, pretend the first one never happened. Mm-hmm. They know people who play this have likely played the first one. Yeah. How can we use that? Mm-hmm. And it, it heightens the experience, especially. Like, if you're coming to this, it's still going to be scary when that dog jumps through the mansion. Or d- 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 jumps through the window, which I guess is part of the mansion. Um, yeah. Except it's going to be even scarier because you're like, okay, where the hell is that dog? All of a sudden, yeah. it's in play. And, you know, yeah. you're told no matter what you expect, no matter what you think you know about what's going to happen here, we're going to you know kind of keep this as a moving target yeah well i actually just forgot about something too 
um, early on when you, that first zombie that you find right before you leave the, uh, the dining room, mm-hmm. the camera goes back to where the zombie was and it's gone. Oh yeah. Which is again, like they're doing with that, this hallway and with that, they're doing a really good job of saying, this isn't what you expect if, you know, from the first one, mm-hmm. like signaling really early on that zombies can get back up without mm-hmm. explicitly, you know, giving you all of the details of what that means. Right. It's really, it's, you know, super cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the bathroom, uh, yeah. continues the, uh, r- the GameCube's tradition of incredibly scary shit happening in bathtubs. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, where you go into the bathtub and it's one of those rooms, like, I think it's like a, a lockpick room too. Yeah. So it's, it's optional, but there's a, whenever you find a bathtub, someone has hidden something under a bunch of gunky water <laughs> yep. in it, like every single time. <laughs> Would you reach into that to trip the plug? Um, I, you know, I've done that before with, uh, sinks full of dishes before, like I'll let something soak. Has anything grabbed you? Yeah. 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 It sucks. Yeah. It's modern living though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. I'm just wearing flesh gloves <laughs> over my skeleton hands. They're just amazing replicas. <laughs> so it's like the, the same guy who did the T T 1000s. Yeah. Arms. Well, you know, just sometimes there's a very tempting vat of acid. You know, you see, you just deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, there's going to be some kind of cool item in there. Uh, I know, Why wouldn't right? there be? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, unless, the, unless the acid dissolved it. Yeah. 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 So, so like, I like. I think that the lesson you learn from Resident Evil is that there are always good things mm-hmm. at the bottom of piles of mucky water. Yeah. Because why else would it be there? <laughs> I know, right? You know, Every, everything for a reason, Gary. Yeah, so it's, it's the good thing that's in books. It's not the yeah. treasure of reading. It's keys. <laughs> the good thing that's in water. It's not the water of life. It's uh, whatever you get from it's, this. It's something that'll leach your neck out. Yeah, it's a key or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, small key. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also the the, the famous uh, the, the the famous shotgun trick. Oh yeah. Yeah. Has anyone ever like so? If you're Chris, you have to go get the broken shotgun. Yes. To do this, yeah, and that that takes forever. And as Chris, like the shotgun's going to be your bread and butter weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jill gets the uh, grenade launcher, which is like a slightly better shotgun yeah. for the most part. Except, uh, I think in this one, yeah, uh, you both get the uh, you both get the grenade launcher. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if Chris got it. I don't. I don't think he used to though. I think that he he used to use like the the shotgun in the first one. Yeah, it used to be just the shotgun and the uh, and the um, magnum. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. But uh, yeah, so this is you, you pull off a, a shotgun off of a thing and it makes a little, you know, flip switch and you're like, oh, that seems legit. Mm-hmm. And you go back into this conspicuous room <laughs> yeah. where uh, the ceiling is is coming to crush you. This is a and weird you can't mural. go back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you can't go back. You can't go put the, the shotgun back. Right. Um, you know, which is which is frustrating. I, I bet you can as Chris, though. Yes, you can. Right? Yeah. yeah. OK, because for Jill, it closes behind you because Barry's going to get you out of there. Yeah. Yeah. At the very at the very last minute. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this is the first sign that something is really, really wrong with this mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I like how, in the later fiction and in the later later versions of the game, and especially this one with uh, with the George Trevor character, actually kind of building in the reason why the Spencer Mansion is like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a weird like the Resident Evil games have always done that. Like Resident mm-hmm. Evil Two did it with uh, the Chief Chief Iron going crazy and yeah. pitting the policemen against each other, but. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's unnecessary because the real reason is it's a game. Yeah. But it's nice. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. I like a spooky trap mansion. Like if I had unlimited resources, I would probably, you know, have secret passageways as we all would. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I wouldn't even need like unlimited resources. Like I'm saving up for it now. <laughs> like the second I have seven hundred and fifty dollars, I'm building a tunnel from my from my apartment to the laundry room. 
<laughs> my secret. <laughs> Gary, you get uh, all your da- laundry done. I never see you leave the apartment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you had your way, you would fill our buddy tunnel. <laughs> my buddy tunnel with cement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll hmm. fill your buddy tunnel with cement. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, also on the eastern side over by the save room is, uh, is, is uh, the broken door. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't break at first. Right. Which is like, and it says like, this door is going to break. This door is going to break. You can only use it twice. Um, You know, which is like, I hate this mechanic as a thing because it never like, it doesn't really add very much. It just makes navigating for as much backtracking as you're going to do. At some point, you know, nav just getting back through areas you've already cleared and burn the zombies like just becomes kind of a pain. Mm -hmm. And the game will play with that. Like every once in a while, something new will attack you, but it doesn't happen enough to make it like it felt ham handed. Yeah. It made me reluctant to go back through. Unfortunately, nothing much happens on that side of the first floor. Yeah, that's um, true. But uh, but even still, uh, it is it is placed in such a way that uh, trying to get from say the save room over to the gallery with the crows in it, it, it involves going up to the second floor and making a complete circuit because you're trying to right. conserve that. Because uh, t- again, that 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 limited resource, right? And until you get the the crow room that goes outside, and then you just end up using that. Yeah. You know, because like and and the uh, or you end up going from the uh, the front room mm-hmm. rather uh, to get to the crow room, which is like it just ends up being it doesn't help that much. Right. Um, save rooms for the people who don't know Resident Evil. This is where you save with a typewriter. Um, the game is, you know, I never ran out of typewriter ribbons, but mm-hmm. uh, that limited save mechanic is part of the survival horror element. But they introduce a new one here, which we mentioned before, which is kerosene. Yeah. Um, there is a ca- couple of kerosene tanks just just hanging out yeah. to be a fire hazard <laughs> with, uh, with oily yeah. racks. Yeah, you know, oily rags and newspapers mm-hmm. um, down there, and it's very limited. Like yeah. uh, you get four douses. Yeah, you know, with a, with a kerosene tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can only fill it up. Uh, you can only fill up twice out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there's a there's a finite number of zombies that you can safely kill, and um, if you don't realize that you're supposed to be doing this, you can really screw yourself later. If you do realize that you're uh, supposed to be doing this, you effectively lose uh, one or two uh, inventory spaces. For the yeah. lighter and for the uh, and, and for the kerosene um, canteen, um, yeah, yeah, which is which is a huge deal when you're Chris and you're already working with a stacked deck. It's even a big deal with Jill too. Yeah. Like even just working with Chris's inventory is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially given that like you get to that point in Resident Evil games where you can't quite transition to a new weapon. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have the shotgun, but I only have six total bullets for it. Yeah, you know, I can't give up my my pistol and ammo slot mm-hmm. for that um yeah and it's and you end up being like what i end up doing is making a lot of runs back and forth yeah to this like i'm just like okay i know i'm going to want to clear out the areas by save areas this is at the junction of several rooms i know i'm going to want to kill the zombies here yeah so i'll just go back and get kerosene and just you know spend 10 minutes mm-hmm. running back and forth and doing this so yeah that's that, that's another wrinkle to the game um adding some more reason to backtrack in a very backtracky kind of game um the other kind of wrinkle here is these uh outdoor areas on the uh on the on the balconies right they really they really added that on top of it there's a there is a note that you find in one of these bedroom offices that has a dog whistle saying hey i hit something really important on this dog go ahead and blow this and go get it and this is kind of your first mandatory encounter with a dog on this super spooky upstairs balcony this is a really esoteric way to hide a thing. Yep. Like, like I'm going to put it on a dog, and then you call the dog, and then if you kill the dog, you get the thing. Yep. Um, yeah. But it actually, it summons a second dog. Yeah. 
So you get two dogs, and those dogs, it's a little bit like game breaking, not breaking, but immersion breaking, because mm-hmm. those dogs are nowhere to be seen. Yeah. They just... You know, before you blow the whistle, they just teleport in. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. There could be magic teleporting dog whistles. I think you just jump real high. Yeah, no, that could be true. Um, and you get the uh, the decoy armor key, yep, um, which is which is kind of nice. And there's an herb tray here, which is also a new thing in the game, which is a uh, a herb like a kind of a limited use herb yep. thing that you can use a certain number of times. They pulled that in. Those were present in uh, Resident Evil Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but not in the. Uh, it's new to the remake. Yes. Well, they weren't in Resident Evil One. Yep. Yeah, and uh, you head up to this super crazy um, trap room, which again. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to Indiana Jones the fake key out for the real one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because of that, <laughs> that silly room with the little train mm-hmm. train spikes. Yep, and you have to you have to just stand there and wait for everything to slide into place before you can react. Yep. Huh, I wonder that what's happening. Legit. This seems real yeah. bad. All these statues have like poems about death on them, and this yeah. one looks <laughs> really really sharp. Oh, is that no. spinning? Okay. No. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Sounds good. Well, what a what a lark! What a lark! Yeah. This. Is. <laughs> what a silly mansion you've made. How droll. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, this gets to your second key, and uh, that opens up everything you're going to be able to open up um, yeah. here. Uh, man, that mirror hallway uh, right before you get there, though. Yeah, that is. Well, you know what's interesting about that? Because we, we'll talk a l- just a little bit about the different modes in the game. Um, one of the modes in the game turns zombies invisible, mm-hmm. and you can see them in mirrors. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. Like, there aren't enough mirrors to make that exactly what's happening yeah. in here, but, like, it's a really nice touch Yeah. if yeah. you're playing that invisible enemy mode. Yeah. And they're, posi- they're positioned in such a way that you can see around the corners. Um, yeah. And I believe uh, there's, a, there, there's a way that you can uh, expose this first crimson head, which just happens unceremoniously. You just walk by it, and it just leaps straight up. Like, it almost like, like, like there are hinges on its heels. But like, yeah. where, like, when these get up, they just... And then off yep. it goes. Um, and one of the terrifying things about these Crimson Heads uh, is like Nemesis uh, or Mr. X, it can go from room to room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, like you have to put them down. Yeah. And, you know, God help you if you didn't bring a shotgun, <laughs> you know, to, the, to this fight because they're hardy mm-hmm. and they do a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, yeah and they're great. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, the pursual thing happens several times. In this yeah. game, and we we talked about that since the you know early episodes of the show, mm-hmm. like being pursued is a really great you know tool in the the horror toolbox of games. Yeah, yeah. But getting the second key opens you up for the second. Um, uh, getting the arbor key opens you up for this second fetch quest that you're going to do, which is actually finding these masks um, right. to to put into the crypt um, down there. Yep. So you uh, you start out, you go to the eastern balcony, and uh, you find Forrest Spear, who is another. One of the he's a member of Bravo team, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got a grenade launcher on him. And uh, another one of these special modes I mentioned is there's the one tough zombie <laughs> mode, which uh, is I never I've never played any of the, the bonus modes. I just read about them. They are um, he really, blows really up, tough. Right? He is a kamikaze. Yes, he's a kamikaze zombie. Yeah, okay. He, he is a zombie that shows up at scripted places uh, throughout the entire game, except for the lab. I think he stops after the tunnels, um, and uh, he is covered with grenades. So going in here opens him up. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like un- un- unleashes him, and um, and uh, then he starts following you around, and he is the one zombie you can't kill because he will also kill you. Yeah, he blows up the whole room yeah. if you shoot him. So you have to always avoid him, which is cool. Um, but for for everyone else, you get a grenade launcher, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Has uh, multiple different ammo types. It's interesting the things that they did and didn't take from the precursors because mm-hmm. they didn't take the uh, the heart like the. You know, Resident Evil 3 really doubled down on the elemental ammo. Yeah. 
stuff for the uh, grenade launcher, and they don't do that. This is simple. Yeah. It's acid rounds, explosive rounds, and fire rounds. And as we know, the fire rounds will set zombies on fire, so they can't be uh, come back as a crimson head. Yeah. And uh, it seems like the special ammo is more limited in, uh, yeah. in the remake than, than it was in the in the initial, probably for, for, for that particular reason. Like, uh, yeah. if they handed out fire rounds willy-nilly like they did the first time, then all of a sudden, Crimson Heads are a little bit of a non-issue. However, yeah. you do want to save the your, your any kind of grenade round for uh, for the tougher enemies. Yeah, and bosses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so assuming you're not in one tough zombie mode, that is the end of Forest. He's super creepy looking. He's got, got like a mullet on him. Yeah, yeah. creepy mullet. Creepy mullet. Um, there's also these uh, little hidden bedrooms or eastern bedrooms over here where Barry is, and he's kind of obviously rooting around for information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your first kind of clue that they're kind of positing him. If you if you didn't know this game at all, and you were really really naive, you might think that Barry is a bad guy. Um, but I feel like anybody who heard Wesker talks like talk <laughs> knows that he's you know his weird like you know <laughs> New England villain voice that he has yeah like yeah. he's he slips back and forth in and out of british accents uh, yeah. from from one game to another yeah he's yeah. he's 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 a confusing enigma but as soon as you hear him talk or see him you know he's a bad guy um but they're they're kind of trying to fake you out here yeah um there's this bee lure puzzle where like somebody had switched the uh the actual insects with lures that look like insects they've got both of them displayed and you kind of have to swap swap them um this is to get the wind crest yes no. Um, on the uh, the lower west hallway, if you head on towards that other save room, there is a tiger room um, where if you get a red gem and a blue gem, um, you can pop it into the tiger's eye. At this point, you only have the blue gem. Uh, so you get some shotgun shells, which are incredibly valuable at this point mm-hmm. um, because you can aim up and knock off, you know, shoot off zombies' heads as well, which, again, takes care of your crimson head problem. Yeah, which is, uh, no. you know, it's a little bit of a tricky maneuver, but you can you can really uh, save yourself some hassle that way. And it's super yeah. cool. Like, you're blowing stuff's head off. Again, like an overripe yeah. melon. Yeah, and it's tense because you have to wait until the very last minute, and yeah. they will kind of lunge at you, and um, they're they're surprisingly quick at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, you get the uh, the a really, uh, you know, probably the most famous apocalypse log <laughs> in the game uh, down there. There's the keeper's room, who is the guy who keeps the animals. Yeah. And uh, he's got so much high-proof liquor. He has a, a liquor cabinet that takes up one whole wall of his of his tiny little like studio room, like studio shack with a with a you know hide a bed, and just uh, an entire like every liquor that's ever been made, like a liquor museum. He has his priorities. Not the other kind of liquor that Spencer has in his, <laughs> yeah. but the the liqueur museum. Yes, various kinds of schnapps and whatnot. Stops and hunters. Stops and hunters. <laughs> this isn't Gabriel Knight too, Gary. Stops <laughs> and hunters. <laughs> yep. Um, and again, this is another thing. If you're expecting that zombie to come out of the uh, the closet, he won't do so immediately. It's another zombie who stands up, and you think, "Oh, there he is," and then the other one comes out later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because mm-hmm. from from the other room, kind of surrounds you a little bit, which is cool. Yeah. 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 But th- this memo is real, real famous. Yeah. Itchy, itchy Scott came, ugly face, so uh, ate him or killed him. Itchy, scratchy, or itchy, tasty. Itchy, tasty. Yes, yeah. The uh, and it's it, it's showing what somebody's mind goes through as they turn into mm-hmm. one of these creatures. So. Some, really, some really horrifying details too, because he's talking about like shanks of skin falling off of his back as they put him in the hazmat yeah. suit, and just kind My, of the it, it outlines some of some of the weird ways they tried to contain it. Right, like he's been yeah. locked away into a cell, and then once they realize everything is so far gone, they just let him go do his thing. 
Well, the, the, the super, the detail that I love in that, that's like the saddest is when, uh, they said, oh, they didn't have, they told me I don't have to wear the suit anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, cause it, you're already infected. Like they yeah. realize that before he does. Yeah. And he's happy that they're telling him he doesn't need to, to do this inconvenient thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Poor keeper. Yeah. Blew his head off though. Yeah. Yeah. He died. <laughs> he deserved it. <laughs> Man. It's like zombie oh. fantasies have this weird, gross undertone to it. Like, I, I would be perfectly happy blowing off somebody's head as long as I knew they were not to be reasoned with. Yeah. 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 Get a, get a little bit grossed out when people fantasize about zombie stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, I like zombies as a horror element more than I like them as a metaphor for yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, like this, this, like they're just, it is I, the body horror aspect of zombies really mm -hmm. speaks to me. Yeah. The death to consumers aspect of it doesn't <laughs> even though i really like dawn of the dead but like you know the oh my body can turn against me and change me into a monster is the yeah. part that's resonant to me mm -hmm. resonant I, to <laughs> yes i can have i can have the control of this of this crazy meat machine taken away from me at any time yeah that's 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 my favorite part of it it's not mm -hmm. so much the wouldn't we all just want to kill everyone if we could <laughs> you know <Yep. laughs> wouldn't that be great if we were just last people on earth and just murder everyone no that'd be awful <laughs> no, i don't want to kill anybody it sucks but uh you know like, i'm i'm too empathetic to mm -hmm. the zombies i wish i wish people would smile more nobody would be lonely like yeah that's, that's all i want that's what i wish that's my zombie game yeah um, around this point, over here on the uh, west side of the first floor, you have zombies starting to break through the uh, break through the windows, um, mm -hmm. especially after you go into the kitchen. With that, uh, I don't know why they kept the CG zombie scare to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, like overall, you know, this is a trick they did in Resident Evil Two to make the police station more hostile to you over time, right? It's it, like the, it's it's almost like gilding the lily here because it's going to get so much worse for a lot more like unsettling reasons. Yeah, they do it much better. Yeah, later on. Um, and at this point, like, there's you know not much in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Like, is there anything in the kitchen at this point? Uh, there's like uh, there there's some defense defense items. Like the the, okay. the, the defense items are the um, uh, solid souls of uh, of this game. Yeah. If they just need to put something in a room to like reward you for exploring, it will likely be a dagger or like a taser battery pack. Yeah. And but there's really no reason to go down here, and we're going to end up in the kitchen a lot later. Yeah. But uh, it looks really spooky. Oh like, yeah. It's one of the creepiest looking areas in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's go through these death masks. Yeah. Where you get the uh, the death mask. Uh, the first one, there's a painting gallery with a room full of crows and a puzzle that hates people who are colorblind. <laughs> uh, so I ended up having to use a solution oh. for this one because I couldn't tell what colors they were on the painting. Oh, yeah. Like, it tells you the light of the paintings you change them to, mm -hmm. but it doesn't tell me what colors I'm going for. Oh, yeah. Like, in text. It just has the, the painting with the woman with, like, the yellow bracelet, the purple necklace, and the pink clover or whatever. And, like, mm -hmm. you just have to go change the paintings to those things. But I don't know what colors those are Yeah, for her. Yeah. That's, so. a, that's a little disappointing. But at least there was a solution out there for you. Yeah, I just, I just game facts. It was fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, super scary. Like, the, it is a definite allusion to uh, to the birds because you have these crows that are kind of, like, perched up on the track lighting around this gallery. Um, mm -hmm. And they're just kind of not doing anything until you mess up, at which point they descend, which these are very critical crows. Yeah, they are critical crows. <laughs> you fucked up. Yeah, they they they, they uh, uh, I didn't I didn't like once I realized I couldn't do it, I just went to the solution mm -hmm. and they never attacked me. But you run into them later. Yeah. And so it's funny that they just have like a crow room. <laughs> like when birds are indoors, something wrong, something is wrong. Like this is not a good thing. Unless yeah. it's like a you know department store and that happens every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. I but, love it when that happens because people freak out. 
mean, was so good when I worked at Fred Meyer because like some bird would get in and just be like walking around on the floor and like yeah. me and two other employees would just be standing around looking at it just sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you could fly away anytime you want to. <laughs> we have to be here. You don't. Yeah. You, yeah, can, look, look you, this. you can slip the surly bonds of Earth's gravity. Yeah. Look, look at this little guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I always feel bad for the like. It's it's funny the way people react. But I feel bad for the birds because I know it's it's probably not going to end well for them. Yeah, it's probably really confusing too. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway. death mask number two, uh, this yeah. poison armor room, which I guess I, I've never been able to discern what the pattern is as you as you push these as you push these things in and out. Right? No, you just yeah, you just have to to figure it out. Yeah. Um, which um, is fine. Like you can just kind of do it until it works. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the trick here is like you press the button and if the armor is not resting against the wall, there is poison gas that, uh, that floods the room. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just have to figure out how to get the, how to get the armor, uh, back in its position. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, this interior garden room is one of my favorite set pieces. This. I really like this. Yeah, this is great. Um, yeah. because there are, uh, there's all these vine plants that look all super spooky and you get this poison stuff that you're going to put into this, this water feeding thing, but you have two different directions on it. And one of them will kill the vine plant and one of them will kill a bunch of herbs, which are super valuable at this point. Like ammo at this point for me was getting pretty crazy scarce. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was I was not doing great as far as ammo. So a lot of times I was just trying to run past zombies and if I got tagged, you know, that adds up really quickly. So I really wanted these herbs. And like having, you know, this kind of like, well if you fuck up, or not even really fuck up. Like you just can you kind of really don't know which direction it is. But if yeah. you're unlucky yeah. You can screw yourself out of a really serious resource. Yeah. And there's no real way to examine like which way the pipes are going. Yeah. Um yeah, it's a it's a real tragedy if you uh if you get it wrong. If you get it right, you replace one cool thing, a fountain full of tentacles, with another cool thing, which is a fountain that spews blood red liquid. Yeah. yeah. Blood fountain. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> and then the last one, this last death mask, uh takes you to your first boss fight, which uh yeah. I forgot how long it took to get to a boss fight in this game. Yeah, yeah. They they put it off, they space the boss fights out very strangely. Yeah. In this game, it's like there's this one and then there's two in really short succession <laughs> after this. And then, yeah. Um, so you're heading up to the attic um, and you encounter Richard, who has been bitten by a large snake. And uh, you have to go get him some serum. I hate this because you have to make Jill. this you have to make this run like seven times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, go get serum. Like, yeah. I love that, too. And also, like, you've seen the serum before. Like, eh, yeah. it seems like it might be useful. Why can't mm -hmm. I grab some serum? Yeah. No, no go. Yeah. So also in canon, serum doesn't cure poison like blue herbs does. <laughs> right. Well, so. it's derived from the blue herbs. You haven't found any blue herbs yet. That might yeah, be where the serum true. come from. That's true. Yeah. That might be where the serum come from, Gary. That might be where it come from, Cole. Yeah. <laughs> Cole, that might be where it come from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm poisoned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Witcher. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you can, if, if you don't do this quick enough, Richard can die. Um, if yeah. you're chill, that is a bad thing because he will help you in this fight a little bit later. Uh, but there's a little bit more work that you need to do because, uh, this is hidden behind the shield key door, the, uh, like the, the single soul one. And, yeah. uh, also if you, if you help him out as Jill, you get his, uh, combat shotgun. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Which is super useful. Yeah. Has a, yeah. has like a burst fire mode, something like that, or it's more powerful. It has, well, it carries 10 rounds. Um, yeah. And it is more powerful, but okay. mostly that it carries 10 rounds. Yeah. 
Um, and in, in order to get this, uh, um, the key to go in there, you have to do uh, uh, this little puzzle. You have to find a uh, uh, two pieces of a score for music. And uh, mm-hmm. and then you have to uh, find George Trevor's diary, which is, again, another very great addition to this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, this is this is where it's down. Like, is this the like the pit where he's dying? No, where this you find is him? that's <laughs> later. Yeah, this 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 is later. Uh, this is okay. the room. This is the room that's off of the bar that like looks into the fountain room. Uh, so oh, you can see yeah. your your blood fountain work. <laughs> Um, yeah, which if again, if I had unlimited money, like and had a blood fountain, I would probably have like a blood fountain viewing room. Yeah, yeah. So you could so you could observe it from a remove, right? You can't get too yeah. close to the blood fountain, otherwise it taints the it taints the gestalt. And also, I don't want blood in my eyes or mouth. Right. You know, just you never. Plus, it's fine. If there's one thing that I know about blood fountains is that they're unpredictable, Gary. Yeah. Well, fountains are unpredictable. Yeah. Anything you modify a fountain with becomes unpredictable. Yeah. By as a rule. Like chocolate fountains. Watch the fuck out. Yeah, Golden Corral. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're fucked. Get out of there. <laughs> yes, get out of the Golden Corral, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like this. So if you're Chris, you have to hand the music to Rebecca, but she, she's been a, been awake for four days um, and running around, and she doesn't remember how to play uh, piano, so she has mm-hmm. to practice. If you're Jill, mm-hmm. you just know how to play it. And because I played this game when I was super young, Moonlight Sonata mm-hmm. is still one of my favorite songs yeah. like in classical music. It's a great song, but it has like this weird nostalgic memory. Like I don't think most people associate Moonlight Sonata, this beautiful piece of music, with zombie mansions. But I do. I, they they probably associate it with uh, Lydia killing herself in Beetlejuice. <laughs> like, isn't that the song that plays over her suicide note before Beetlejuice yes. stops her from killing herself? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's the first time I saw it. Yeah, that, that, and that's the weird life that I've lived, where I was exposed to Resident Evil before Beetlejuice. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, that's okay. You're young. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's yeah. it's all right. Um, you're, you're, a, you're a little boy. Yeah, but you uh, um, <laughs> you read George Trevor's diary, and he's he's the guy who designed this mansion, and he is in a panic because uh, his wife and child uh, have been taken from him. And mm-hmm. uh, he has been kind of like let loose in the bowels of this mansion that he himself designed. And he doesn't remember how to get around. Yeah. Which, you know, makes sense because yeah. it's confusing. Yeah. Um, you eventually, uh, though, you swap, you get this wooden emblem and you swap it out for a gold emblem um, that you used to unlock a dining room clock puzzle where it's like, you know, if once the long sword strikes at the 12 o'clock and, yeah. you know, it's just it's just a you know classic clock puzzle. But you get the shield key is what you want. Because it unlocks the boss room for Yawn. Yes. Um, yawn. Yeah. It's a good name for a giant snake. It is. There's not much to this fight, I don't think. Not really. Like, the, 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 the most challenging thing about it is the limited space that it gives you. And that, as a rule, is a thing that happens in this game. Yeah. Um, and in any of the, any of this, any of the entries in this series uh, where you have the fixed camera angles, right? Like you are going to be fighting stuff without a lot of room to maneuver. And he, he, uh, in a snake-like fashion, and when I, uh, yeah, in a snake-like fashion, he will take up large portions of it as well and double back on himself so he can get you into a corner. Yeah. I will, I will go as far as to posit that I don't think the Resident Evil games do a great job at boss fights. Yeah. Like, they look cool. I think we talked about that in Resident Evil 2, but, like, they look neat, and it, there's a thrill in, like, especially in the later ones, and watching these things kind of continuously mutate mm-hmm. and stuff. But usually the boss fights really kind of boil down to the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, the most fun I've had with bosses, I think, in Resident Evil games, um, other than the later 3D ones, are uh, trying to, like, when I first figured out you could kill Nemesis during encounters. Yeah. Because then it's a real, like, can I do this with the extremely limited resources I have and make 
every single shot count because if not, I don't think I'm going to be able to take them down. And you got a real concrete reward yeah. for doing it. So it was more kind of tactical and, and uh, more of like a challenge kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas here, like it is really like, you know, bring some healing items, do your best to stay out of his way, but you don't, mm-hmm. you can't dodge very well. Um, you know, just kind of do your best and, and fire rounds at him. Yeah. And hope that you have saved enough of the, uh, of the uh, second and third tier weapon ammo. Yeah, exactly. Enough acid rounds. Yeah specifically yep um and if he tags you with his fangs he will poison you which signs you up for another trip to the serum room yeah got yeah. what's happening in narsh <laughs> like i wonder what's happening in the pharmacy <laughs> nobody gives a fuck and yeah, nobody gives a fuck yeah. uh but the nice thing is you get this uh you get this fourth mask you head on down to that room in the bottom of the uh cemetery mm-hmm. and every time if you've been going back and forth which you could be putting the mask here every time you do one of the chains falls mm-hmm. from the coffin and it's very <laughs> foreboding and it lets loose a spray of blood yeah <laughs> and and for some reason i don't totally understand why but what's inside this coffin is like the original crimson head yes like uh the crimson head prime <laughs> I don't think that's the official name. That's just what I wrote down. Um, and I think it, he does have a silly official name like that, though. It's like oh, yeah. it's Crimson Hag Omega or something like that. It's yeah, weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's the first one. He has more health than any of the ones that you might have you know, had the misfortune of encountering so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is actually a pretty generous arena for you to fight him in. Um, however, if you're not expecting a boss fight here, um, you oh, might yeah. just be stuck with a uh, with a pistol and nothing else. Um, and, and if you didn't save after... Or, you know, after the snake, you know, fuck you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you should have. You should know. Like, <laughs> see, if you have ink ribbons, you should save unless you're going for some kind of specific challenge thing. Yeah. You know, because, like, this is a game where, as much as I really like this game, and this is true of all the Resident Evil games, like, I don't, or the, all the uh, the 2D ones, I don't like um, doing things twice yeah. in them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if I will do everything to avoid dying and having to restart progress. Yeah. In this game. Like, I really hate doing that. Yeah. It's a kind of game that, that, that kind of thrives on novelty. Yeah. Right. Like, after you've seen a thing, it loses a little bit of its magic. I would, yeah, I, I would say yeah. so. Yeah. And that just compounds on top of the usual, you know, the right time to do, the, the right amount of time to do anything except sex is once. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but this uh, this this gets you into the into the extended courtyard, which is uh, which is really cool. Like this this place looks really really neat. Like it is creepy and wet. Yeah, again, um, and this is much more expanded than the original version. Mm-hmm. You know why the outdoors looks good, Gary? Why? Because it's dark. Well, yes, it's dark and very shadowy. But I think that because it's pre-rendered and we were at this weird place where we were getting 3D rendering technology to where the, you know like to the point where it's at, um, foliage can look really good. It's like really oh, limited yeah. animations, but like they take every opportunity to put leaves and grass and trees wherever they can out here. And it's, yeah. uh, it, it works to great effect to make this look really run down and spooky and, uh, kind of like overrun. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, mechanically, what you're dealing with here are dogs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can see this, uh, this kind of puzzle where you can't get past this waterfall unless you have a crank dealing with dogs, lots of open areas and Brad radios you. Yeah. Brad Chickenheart Vickers, who <laughs> is the, uh, you know, probably should be fired from, from mm-hmm. stars. And luckily he dies and you kill him in Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. good. But you get, you get to see him get attacked by the nemesis in Resident Evil 3. Yeah. Yeah. He dies multiple times. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, yep. the, uh, but he's radioing you and he's just trying to get someone to let him know. Like he's hovering and wants to rescue people. but And he's going to hover for like another day <laughs> because uh, your radio doesn't work. Right. 
Yeah, and uh, um, unlike in the first game, you're actually headed out into the woods behind the mansion itself mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, I think, what is categorically one of the best additions to the series. Um, oh, yeah. Lisa, uh, finding yeah. Lisa's shack. Except you really don't know what's happening. No, you just find a creepy shack, and the fire is still warm, and the uh, the camera angles are very conspicuous, including mm-hmm. the one where you find uh, over her bed where it overlooks the door. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Like, that is such a good... I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm going to see something walk through this, aren't I? Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you grab a crank um, after reading this diary that uh, talks about her, you know, like this, uh, what, what is apparently an illiterate young girl um, asking where her mom is. You know, mom, where? I miss you. Uh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're going to learn more about this mystery later. But uh, boy, does the author of this uh, diary come home in a big bad yeah. way. Yeah, when you because you first hear just the door open, mm-hmm. like you don't see her first. Um, if you go back to her bed, you can see her. Uh, but the first time I played this, and my instincts were telling me to do this again, but was to go to where the uh, where you get the crank in the back and just hide. Yep. <laughs> and like with a wait with a gun for her to come for you. It yeah. never happens. Right. But I was just like, oh shit, you know, <laughs> like I'm in this, I'm trapped. Like there's one exit in this place, and mm-hmm. and she just left it. Yeah. It, so. Definitely. Boy. Yeah. And so she she beans you. She she knocks you over the head. For some reason. I don't know why she's keeping you alive right now. No, it makes no sense. Is it the uh do you get a good look at her at this point? Uh yes, you do. Okay, because so you get to see the fact that she is like a hunched over crone that has another face that she's wearing yeah. on her head. Yeah. She she appears to be like hooded. Mm-hmm. Um and she her hands are kind of bound by these uh large like manacles, right? It's like it's also like a ga- like a part a piece of a gallows. Um, they look like she looks like the lost sinner. She from does Dark Souls too. Yeah. Yeah. Good catch. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but that, that that's what she uses to uh to attack you. And uh I forget I forget, like does she have the, the, the tongue tentacles at this point? No. No, that's later. No, no, no. That's later. Yeah, the, yeah, now she just has the creepy second face. Yes. Um but yeah, she just knocks you out and then you just wake up. Mm-hmm there um yeah and but, it brings it brings you into uh, a boss fight that you're going to quickly find is unwinnable uh because yeah. due to the number of experiments that have been done on her she is effectively immortal yeah she continuously regenerates yeah so you just have to run from her and she's really slow mm-hmm. at no point is it hard to get away from her when you have to get away from her yeah. but having the constant pressure of having something chasing you yeah is is great yeah um uh, lore yeah. wise she is the uh um the first person who they put the uh, progenitor virus into um mm-hmm. that's how they derived the t virus the g virus and also where they discovered the nemesis um parasite as well nemesis yes. alpha and then uh, nemesis epsilon i think is the one they ended up turning into the actual nemesis so she is like this weird patient zero pinata um, yeah. Of all this stuff, and you can see, like she has, you know, again, like we said, those tongues, the tentacles, like uh, like, like Nemesis has, and also uh, in later shots, she has like the G, the G mutation eye on her shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, what we've been dealing with is the T virus, and that's all that existed, mm-hmm. really, in the uh, in the original version, which creates zombies and makes mutant animals. Yeah. And then all the like Resident, what the Resident Evil is known for, like big monstrosity stuff, comes from other versions of the virus. Yeah. But all of it is from from Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, on your way back, there is a little graveyard full of crows. Yeah. Where once you get all the crust, just so we talk about it now, rather than just talking about making a special run out to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you put it in the crust, you get the, uh, the magnum where you have to deal with crows harrying you <laughs> while you're doing it. Yeah. If you do it later, there are zombies in here as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, don't use your magnum ammo. No. 
save it. Like save save it. Save it for uh for the tyrant. Save it like a precious treasure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh you use the crank, use Lisa's special mommy crank to uh to, yeah. to drain this pool <laughs> and um go through a snake filled hallway. Uh little yeah, baby so yawns. I, I will go as far as to say that I don't think the poison mechanic in Resident Evil is very cool. No, I kind of hate it, actually. Yeah, like, I, I don't like it. It it makes it, it's a pain in the ass. Like, I can see what they're trying to do. Like, oh, should I keep this thing in my inventory in case I get poisoned? But really, it just means you have to go back to where you probably stored some blue herbs. Yeah. Um, you know, and the idea that it includes your, your health meter is semi-interesting but not interesting enough yeah, but it doesn't do that anymore in the uh, in the remake in the original yeah and in resident evil 2 that was the case where it just turned it purple however here it, it just you you can just kind of see what your color is and also yeah. the fact that your uh your body language uh changes depending on what your health is yeah yeah, yeah. it just doesn't add very much no like and there's only a couple of monsters that do it like it's really weird mm-hmm. um it does not is not necessary yeah um so yeah fuck but, those snakes fuck those snakes As we said at the beginning, this episode is brought to you by Neon Skies Studio and the webcomic Sela Mort, which you can find at neonskiesstudio.com. Yeah, this is a, a webcomic written and drawn by a friend of the network, Jolla Prentice, and it is about the embittered ghost uh, of the man named Porter as encounters with death, the individual death. Yes. Sandman death, not uh, you know, Sylvia Plath death. Yeah. Uh, Castlevania death, not ran out of health death. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's about how this guy is uh, kind of looking back through his life as this uh, person who is, you know, stuck between, you know, life and death. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, she does all of the art and lettering by hand. And uh, the low res versions are free, but there are super high res versions available on the website and at comicsology.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, related to CLM, which is what those who are in the know call Sela Mort, uh, there <laughs> is a, a series of spooky fiction that is uh, uh, in the universe, right, called Aplasia. Um, and that is, uh, like Resident Evil, about uh, crazy science and uh, specifically food science gone horribly wrong, creating things that are evolving way too big, way too quick. Yeah, yeah, she is, she's doing a, a huge kind of like metafictional narrative with all kinds of little bits like audio plays. Um, I know that she has plans in the future uh, mm-hmm. for this, so she's kind of really building a world there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check that out at Neon Sky Studios. That is N E O N S K I E S S T U D I O dot com, and uh, you can read uh, character you know in character blogs. And uh, there's actually she did an audio play mm-hmm. uh, that we uh, did voices for. Yeah. I voiced Porter. You voiced Death. I did. Yeah. 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 Capital D Death. Capital D Death. Not uh, not uh, not the regular death that stares us in the face every day. Yeah. Not not the death of philosophers. Yeah. Exactly. Not like death like Latin died. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So again, that's uh, you know neonskystudios dot com. Check mm-hmm. it out. Check out Salem Mort. Uh, so next you go to one of my favorite areas like I feel like in almost any game yep. like I love I love the residents of this because the residents is what it's called not the residents of it <laughs> um the the residents because it is like this this little mini dungeon mm-hmm. like side dungeon in the Resident Evil world yeah um that sets up what comes after it really well there are a lot of really interesting set pieces here um it's just really really cool and I like the idea of there just being this little tiny guardhouse 
uh, that you go to. Like one of my favorite, like I, the D and D module, the Temple of Elemental Evil, was one of the first ones I had as a kid, and I used to read it over and over. And there was like the main dungeon, but there was also this like little moat house that you go to where some cultists had, had done it. It was supposed to like kind of get you prepped for it. I like this idea of this little tiny like teaser app, like an appetizer dungeon. <laughs> yeah, you got some uh. zombie potato skins. Yeah, uh, skinless potato zombies. There we go. There you go. That's better. Yeah. There are wangs. <laughs> poppers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly That's not so much poppers. a joke, except that poppers is a funny word. Crimson poppers. Yeah. Crimson poppers. That's what a Resident Evil themed restaurant will make. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm sure that exists. There's probably some like made cafe in Japan. Yeah. In Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I like the residents too, um, because it is decidedly, I don't know, it, it's pretty spooky and in like a, a less ornate and gothic way. Like it is, like the, the, there are signs of this kind of like creeping corruption that are not as apparent in uh, the main mm-hmm. mansion itself, right? Namely, it's being overrun by this huge plant. Yeah. It's a, it's also like, it makes sense because to kind of keep this gigantic mansion running, like there'd be pe- a place for people to live. You know, so I like that about it. Um, so you, you enter and you enter into this game room, which like it just is a really nice dungeon ecology thing. Like, where mm-hmm. are the, what are these people doing when they're not, you know, crafting weird keys and shit? <laughs> they're not just reading books and drinking. Like, they're actually playing pool and hanging out, yeah. partying like dudes. Yeah, just um, just bending some elbows, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah and t- then telling uh, lies about ladies, listening yeah, to tunes. Tales. Yeah, yeah, skin and ease and spelling bees, and uh, this room is full of giant spiders. <laughs> I love um, these things. Yeah. yeah, like they're not—they're not too hard. No, like they're—they're they're solidly like a lower tier enemy as far as Resident Evil enemies go, but they are real super spooky. Yeah, the way they move, the way their young burst from them, the way they sound, like the fact that it's a super padded like. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Super, super good. Yeah. Um, and also there's poison, except there is a huge uh, stash of blue herbs at the beginning of the mansion. So it's, that's, the, that's just the game saying, like, don't worry about this. <laughs> yep. Like, just this, we shouldn't have done this. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember the spiders being a little bit more widespread in the original. Like, I remember them being much more of a presence. But uh, really, it's just this room and one later room. But they yeah, leave they... such a mark. Yeah, they never make it out into the main hallways, which I vaguely remember them being. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in the main one, but I might be conflating that with uh, the sewers in Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Um, once you clear this out, including one spider, which is up on like this caged area, <laughs> which you don't have never to fight. To. Yeah, he just he just gets to hang out. Yeah. Like he he still lives there in my game. Yep. Like he never he never you know he probably got blown up with the, when everything got blown up. But yeah, yeah. If not, like it's just his apartment now. Yeah, it's just him and Lisa. <laughs> yeah. You know, just hanging out. <laughs> that Spider Mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a barbie like so let's take that wall out it's fine you yeah. know just just really let let this room breathe eight moms I, better than one <laughs> yeah and uh, as you're going through the game room you're kind of uh uncovering this code i guess with these oil lamps uh you know colored oil lamps and pool balls uh which will work their way into a code later like way later yeah yeah uh, but also you get a bunch of weapons and stuff you get some ammo yeah yeah it's a nice little restocking room uh minimal yeah. minimal effort to get uh, to get some uh more resources for this for this coming uh little dungeon here this is a dormitory this is where the staff of the of the, of the mansion lives and you're kind of uh looking into individual dwelling uh dwelling places and mm-hmm. uh, uh reading notes and things like that in room number two uh you hear you overhear wesker and barry uh, talking about stars and you know vague notions of threats to Barry's family. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, they're still kind of playing paying lip service to the idea that it's ambiguous, but it's not. 
Um, and eventually you confront, uh, confront, there's a Wesker or Barry, who ends up leaving? Because you ask somebody about it. Uh, you ask, uh, I believe it is a Wesker, and he says, oh, yeah. Barry's getting real flaky in his age. Yeah, yeah, he says, like, he's been acting suspicious, and you can see he's kind of trying to pitch you guys against each other yeah. in a way, which is just super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a big hallway with a map on the wall. If you take the map yep. down, it uncovers a bee hole. Yep, there's a there's a uh, very important bee hole that you're going to be using this <laughs> this like terrible terrible dick crunching glory hole uh, for eventually. Um, but yeah, you get this little scene where all these bees just pop out of yep. the thing. And we we dealt with some bees before. There were bees in the uh, the room with the uh, the insects. But there was the one bee that just comes to life after you attach its wings oh, to it. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, that zombie bee. <laughs> these are these are different kinds of bees. These are bees of a different color. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that turns this hallway into a much more hostile hostile thing. Pro tip: Don't take the map. Just take yeah, it. Take, exactly. take it when you're about ready to spray the pesticide. Rooms in. Yep. In the in this in, in this thing, you can figure it out. Yeah. You'll you'll be fine. You'll be okay. Yeah. Just make your own map yep, in yep. your head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love room uh, one because it has the guy mm-hmm. who hung himself. Yeah. 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 Not not that, not that hanging yourself is super rad. You just love it because you think it's it's cool. Like your favorite band is Suicidal Tendencies, and yeah. their song Suicide Solution, you just think is the raddest. Yeah. I don't know if that's a song by them. I, I'm institutionalized. Yeah, that's a song by them. <laughs> yes. I'm thinking Megadeth or Titanica from Mr. Show. <laughs> no, um, I don't remember. Titanica is just do it. Oh, and try suicide. <laughs> try suicide. Yeah. Like here, you guys did that song, try suicide. Well, I tried suicide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna see if that gets into the show notes because of the hot dog legs. I think yeah, we rest, I, referenced I think, it one too many times. Yeah, it's, it, I think that, that that specific sketch is on the no-go list. <laughs> but everybody who's listening to this knows Mr. Show enough well yeah. enough to know. I love the song they do again, like, try again, <laughs> yeah. head first this time. Like, <laughs> oh. Brian Posehn is a national treasure. He's great. Yeah. He's a wonderful man mm-hmm. and terrifying looking. I know. Um, He's like a French type. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, this uh, this guy, he turned into a zombie as he's hanging. Uh, you, 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 find his, uh, you find his gun, the self-defense gun, which is a single shot magnum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is effectively useless. It's super chilling that it just has the one bullet in it. Yeah. Which yeah. he he didn't kill himself by shooting himself, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. He just hung himself, and it was just there in case, like, oh, to somebody be sure. didn't kill him. Yeah, yeah, like in case he came back or something. Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you uh, you go down in room two. Um, you get the control room key, so you can go down to room two to go down to the shark ring. Yeah. Uh, which is the, the first of the two big set pieces in the residence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the shark ring is exactly what it sounds like. It's a big underwater tank that is full of sharks. Also, it's flooded. I think the, mm-hmm. the, the second fact should have come first. Yeah, 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 they're not sky sharks. The, um, and they're they're harrying you. Like you have to run from the one way. Once you get through this like really annoying slow block pushing puzzle, you have to run from one end to the other. And the sharks are like nipping at your heels. Yeah, you know, literally trying to get you. It's really tense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, they're instant kill too. Like if they get a hold yeah. of you. So it is. Yeah. Uh, man, you are in their element. Sharks are just the nature's perfect killing machine. Yeah, I do not like being underwater in games. No. Like, that's just a thing for me. Like, even yeah. back to, like, Tomb Raider 1 with the alligators and shit. Yeah. That's not my favorite. Thing. Super Mario 64 with the eel in the uh, in the boat. Yeah. 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 It's no good. Chilling. But, yeah, you get to this control room, and it is similarly disempowering because there there's an alarm that sounds, and you see Neptune. You see the big, the, the, the big pappy shark. 
out there uh, um, starting to pound at the glass, but you can't lower the shutters because of the oil pressure. So you have a timed sequence in order to uh, fiddle with the machines um, so you can not drown and also be eaten by a shark. The uh, the time sequence too is is weighted in a weird way to make it more tense than it is. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, the percentage will move up, you know, significantly faster than it actually you know effectively does. And when you get when it gets to one hundred percent, you have a, a good amount of time left. You think that you're going to lose at one hundred percent, so it makes it seem a lot tenser than it really is. Yeah, um, figuring out this kind of order in which to click on things mm-hmm. to lower the shutters. Yeah. It's and won- ultimately lower the water. <laughs> it's a wonderful set piece too. Like that shark is really well animated, and uh, yeah. it is uh, very claustrophobic uh, being underwater like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, once you take him out, um, you are now like in this area that has been like he's been beached. Like mm-hmm. you know, her yeah. and her young. Yeah, it it, 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 dr- it drains the ring. Yeah. Um and uh, you can you can kill these things with your knife, which is super empowering. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and you get to the, there's this little pool of shallow water where Neptune is there and he's not moving. And right. it's, it's, it's so hard to like get the strength, you know, the conviction to go through this water yep. with this, like, you know, probably not dead shark. I'm sure that was the thing in like one of the 17 Jaws movies, right? Like, oh, he's dead. I can walk in front of him. And I'll... Yeah, maybe probably. I'm thinking of Deep Blue Sea. Might as well think of Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, might as well. Why should today um, be any different, Gary? <laughs> somebody should somebody should think about it. Um, but he doesn't actually get you until you get onto the other platform and get mm-hmm. your, your key or quest item or what have you. Yeah. Um, and then he comes to life and you can't get past him because he will eat you. Yeah. So you can you can actually do a non-standard way of taking him out and just shoot him a bunch. <laughs> but there's, a, there's like a sparking generator thing that is begging to be pushed into the water. Yeah. Which, I'm wet. I'm standing on a metal thing above yeah. this water. <laughs> yeah. In real life, I wouldn't touch it. Yeah. But Jill will touch it. Yeah, because because Jill has dead Jim Brewer eyes. She yeah, is exactly. not afraid of anything. Yeah. Yeah. She's seen too much. She has seen too much. And this gets you a key um, that uh, kind of gets you into the deeper parts uh, 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 upstairs, including the second uh, set piece, which is this bee gallery. The other side yeah. of the bee hole, Gary. Yep, exactly. There's a bee-themed room. Yeah. I like bees. <laughs> yeah uh this I, I think sticks out as one of the most terrifying parts for me of like the original like i remember being so <laughs> off put because i'm scared of bees i don't yeah. know if i've mentioned this in fact i think i've mentioned it at length but it's very upsetting they do almost no damage but they uh but but they're all over you from the second you walk in yeah 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 it's really it's really tense and it's it runs contrary to the experience of the game, which is about exploring your environs and a really considered pace. Mm-hmm. And you can't. Yeah. You know, so that adds like a gameplay element of the tension too. Luckily, um, there's a guy who's like covered in, in bee stings and swollen to death that yeah. has like some bee poison. Um, and you can't actually get close enough to the bee poison to spray it on directly. So you have to spray mm-hmm. it through that bee hole. Yeah. Going to pop an H on this hole so we know it's filled with the hornets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I really like having a beast on corpse in a room. It really evens out the feng shui. Yeah, yeah. It is uh it's so it's so uh plausible. <laughs> like we are just a couple bad days away from that being us, like at any yeah. given time in the mm-hmm. summer. Yeah. Like one soda picnic gone wrong and <laughs> that's us. Super soaker super soaker soda picnic? Yes, yeah, super soaker soda picnic and, and it, we're just we're just fucked. Yep. Super soaker soda celebration. Yeah. I remember when I was little, um, I almost always ended up on, um, even up through high school, ending up on the stadium cleanup crew. 
mm-hmm. you know, for, 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 for some kind of club or whatever. And, um, the, <laughs> Having to manage the uh, the the garbage cans full of discarded Mountain Dew and like uh, um, everlasting cop stoppers and whatnot, Laffy Taffy, they're just just teeming with bees, having yeah. to empty those. <laughs> I think that might be where where my beef here came from. Yeah, well, summer summer has to be like so good for bees. Like it's my least yeah. favorite season. Yeah, but man, bees are just like uh, they come alive. You know, any way you want. You know, just like <laughs> just it's a super cool party for bees. Yeah. Um, there's like, I can count the number of bees that I've seen in Oregon on like two hands. Mm-hmm. Like th- this state really is the best for, for flora and fauna. Like yeah. no mosquitoes for nine for, bees for the apiophobic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Whereas, whereas mm-hmm. I have to deal with the D's on, with bees on a regular basis. <laughs> deal with the D's. <laughs> with D's. Bees nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the honey nut Cheerios tagline. <laughs> <laughs> these notes yeah um yeah so you, you kill all the bees which is nice yeah. you can rocks a little bit um that keypad the uh the pool cue door puzzle thing that you did a long time ago will get you into this chemistry room mm-hmm. where you can mix uh v-jolt here um just chris or just jill though yeah just jill because she knows music and chemistry yeah she's a polymath <laughs> whereas yeah. whereas chris is a big old dummy who doesn't know what a bottle's for well, eventually he becomes such a ridiculous meat neck in uh, in in the the in the games like Resident Evil Six. Like me and Derek were playing that, it's just like it's meat neck and beef boy, like you know, and they're 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 flexing adventures through through the world of horror. Like he just becomes such a ridiculous like he man character. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised he doesn't know how to do any chemistry. Well, yeah, I mean, it happens here in this game. Those bees sting his arm and his neck, and they get all puffy with yeah. T virus. That's where he gets his. Yeah. That's where he gets his power. B virus. S- some somebody called the vet because these pythons are sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Beef boy neck neck lad is disgusting. <laughs> Chris is gross looking too. Like I, I think I only really like Jill and Claire <laughs> um, in the Resident Evil verse and Barry. Yeah. Like, I want a game with just those three guys. I'm irrationally happy that uh, uh, Claire is coming back for Resident Evil Revelations 2. And that yeah. that is going to be, like, aside from its episodic nature, like a like like a mainline entry in the series. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited about the two. I got stuck on Resident Evil Revelations 1. Like, there's a boss I can't kill. Yeah. Um, just <sighs> fuck me, I guess. The, uh, <laughs> the, um, but, yeah, so yeah. He, he's uh, he's repulsive. What were you saying? Just he's gross to look at. <laughs> and he doesn't know what to do with a bottle. So oh, you can't, yeah. he, you he can't, can't make speech hold. He can't. He can't make V Jolt code red. Yeah, he he, like, he can't figure V Jolt. He can't figure out how to add one, three, and five into twenty. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which it's it's a it's a it's a neat puzzle because it actually requires more thought than oh what do I have here? But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, yeah so, it, this is a great puzzle. Yeah, so. I, I like it a lot. Like it, it, it is it is from a different tradition than what we than what we usually get. Um, like mm-hmm. outside of the harder puzzle difficulties in like Silent Hill. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, but this, um, so this beetle that you're that, that you're making is is specifically poison meant to kill this plant that is overrunning uh, the the the, the residents. Uh, codenamed plant number forty two. Yeah. Yeah. The the plant answer to plant life, plant the universe, plant everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, and his roots are down. You know, you have to apply it directly to his roots, mm-hmm. but his roots are annoyingly down in the shark pit. So you have to backtrack all the way down to the shark pit to spray the roots if you'd mm-hmm. like. It's a little bit annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's worth doing because otherwise it's a pretty tough boss fight. Yeah. Um, if Barry's alive at this point, uh, he comes in and flamethrows it, so it's not even a boss fight for Jill. 
Uh, yeah. Whereas Chris, who just routinely gets less help on boss fights throughout the entire game, um, you have to, uh, you're pretty much stuck fighting fighting this thing. And even the weakened version is not as weak as the as the one that Jill would have to fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, the, you, you get a little bit of, uh, you get a little peek at Chris's later behavior once a squad dies. He starts blaming himself for everybody dying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because he saw Richard, uh, again, Deep Blue Sea, he saw Richard get Samuel L. Jackson. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's his defining character trait. Yes. In Resin- Residence Evil 5 and 6. Yes. Um, Fucking yeah. Chris. <laughs> I don't know why he's the star. Like, just give me Jill. Yeah. Jill's great. Yeah. She was, even, she was the one that's in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, at least. Yeah. Which is cool. I like that game. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah. I like her moves, too. I like I like that. Uh... <laughs> you can summon re- uh, Nemesis. Yeah. You can, yeah, you summon Nemesis and you can summon zombies and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, like I like my fight fighting games goofy. Yeah. Like I like my cartwheelers. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, you get the helmet key, and um, regardless, you see um, if you if you are uh, Jill or Chris, you see Wesker, and he's like, "Yeah, there are some doors you didn't check out back there. Maybe you should head back." Yeah, <laughs> like okay, um, which is like a little bit like okay. And at first, I remember even the first time I played this being a little bit bummed that I had to backtrack, uh-huh. but they do a really great job of like making this different. Yeah. You know, like one, like Crimson Heads, two more like zombie encounters. And then three, like when you first go in, you get this amazing first person CG cutscene of a hunter mm-hmm. coming down and attacking. And he's just going through the places you just were mm-hmm. way faster and fiercer than you were. Yeah. Um, he and jumps just up an elevator cool. shaft. Yeah. Super, super cool. Um, introduced to the first hunter, mm-hmm. which these guys are not fucking around. Like these are the. Uh, you know the the tough enemy in the game, the toughest enemy in the game. Yeah, toughest regular enemy. Yeah, if you are um, at uh, okay, so low caution or high danger health, mm-hmm. um, it has an attack that will just decapitate you, which flipped my shit when I was younger. <laughs> like, yeah. the, the, you know, a they show your head being knocked off like a like an overripe melon, um, and b like it is it is just an instant death attack, which like there's nothing that you can do. And very quickly, like right outside the second save area, they throw two of them at you at once. Yeah. Yeah. You really have to rely on the fact that you um, like if you're using the grenade launcher, which will knock these guys down. Mm-hmm. Like that's really what you have to rely on here. Yeah. You know, you cannot fight one of these with a pistol. Yeah. And you know, it's not acceptable because they only have one grab attack, um, like where they kind of tackle you down. Uh, your defense weapons are not really that useful against them. Like they can do yeah. da- like like Crimson Heads. They can do damage at you with just swipes. Yeah. 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 yeah, and no good. Um, in general, and, it replaces a lot of the zombies that you would have uh, otherwise killed, um, along with these crimson heads, and they just really, really escalate how hostile this mansion is. Right, and you have to backtrack across a lot of it, mm-hmm. you know, to get to these other rooms. Um, it's super cool. Like it is, it is really uh, does a good job upping the stakes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the first helmet door uh, key that you open is up there in the uh, east second floor gallery, the room with the uh, the fireplace uh, from before. And uh, this gets you into another trap room. It's a gallery with this pushable statue uh, that has <laughs> um, walls that will expand and collapse on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and uh, it's kind of tricky because you can go behind one of the walls yes, to reset and, them and, and make your way through. And they can crush you there, too. Yeah. Yep, yep. You just have to be super quick. And again, you're, uh, you're not very mobile in mm-hmm. this game. Yeah. And uh, solving that opens up uh, kind of this big, gaping Silent Hill 2 hole. Uh, that uh, gets you into like in the crawl spaces of the mansion. Yeah, which is super cool. Anyway, and it's just like really, really creepy. Like mm-hmm. this thing about like ancient houses, where I just <laughs> kind of feel like they definitely have this kind of thing yeah. going on in their life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
and uh, so so this is this otherwise would have been where the mansion return ended actually in the in the main game like this this is where the yawn fight is um, yeah. but they but they take you on a decidedly more circuitous route so you're you know in the basement you are um, kind of going into these basically steam tunnels fighting these uh, spiders and stuff and you ultimately find uh, George Trevor's resting place I don't know why he died after finding his own gravestone if that was part of the plan <laughs> to like trap him there. irony <laughs> oh. It's because he's courteous. He didn't want to make it difficult for anybody else. He just made his own gravestone as his last act. Yeah. He's making it make it easy. Uh, he's a true craftsman, you know? Yeah. 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 But there's uh, there's more context to be, you know, about his daughter. Uh, it becomes very clear, okay, this is Lisa. Um, that is mm-hmm. his daughter. Uh, they were his, his wife and daughter were taken from him, and uh, they were experimented on. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And, uh, and one had... of those things ended poorly, and the other one <laughs> ended poorly. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you know nobody won. Yeah, nobody wins, and umbrellas awful. Yeah. We always go on the on the record of saying umbrellas are umbrellas <laughs> shitheads. Yes, oh. um, there's an optional area you can go um, to this uh, like what what appears to be some kind of hunting lodge kind of place. Yeah. Uh, with these deer these deer heads on the walls and a motion tracking hawk. Yeah, which is real weird. Like you have to turn off the light to like. Uh, reduce its motion tracking, mm-hmm. and again, like a kind of a speed puzzle where you have to get over to a side and and yeah. steal these uh, gems before it locks them in place. Yeah, I, I love what this does. So there's a there's a red gem and a, and a yellow gem. Um, you take these down to the tiger. If you put the yellow gem in, you get an, uh, the mo disc, which is what you need to rescue your missing companion at the end of the game. Um, if you put the red gem in, it drops a bunch of snakes on you. Yeah, it's like the the uh, room under the church in uh, Link to the Past. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay, snakes. That's cool. I'm dealing with this now. What, what were they eating up there? <laughs> yeah, just just uh, I don't know, smaller snakes. Yeah, it was um, it, it was like Lord of the Flies up there, Lord of the Snakes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you ultimately what you're trying to do. In a big way is to get this battery because you have to uh, that waterfall that's in the courtyard. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able to use an elevator and use a crank yeah. thing. Um, it's more complicated than that, but you'll figure it out if you actually do it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you do this like a uh, tangram puzzle uh, mm-hmm. in order to get this brooch, which is cool. Like mm-hmm. that's fun. I like those puzzles. I really um, don't. And- they frustrate me because they require a level of pre- uh, precision that I feel is not le- like does not lend itself to the to like to the control. Oh, yeah. I didn't have too big of a problem with it. Yeah, at least this one. Whenever they pop up, I just uh, I get a little bit irritated. It's almost like uh, like fifteen puzzles where you have I, the sliding I stuff. Fifteen puzzles. Yeah, like like these, I, these feel less trial and error to me than those. Yeah. But. Yep. Yeah. Um. And uh, you can finish this medal by actually uh, encountering this yawn again. Uh, this time uh, in a library. Yeah, we we didn't mention that he ran off. Yeah, yeah, the so first he, time, but yeah, he he just runs off. Yeah, he just runs off. He doesn't he doesn't die when you kill him here. He actually turns into goo. Yeah, <laughs> snake goo. Yeah, snake squeezins. Cure what else? Yeah. Again, it is just a, a fight. It's very similar to the last one. And uh, this gets you down into the tunnels, um, which feel really extraneous here, actually. Yeah. Like, in the original version of the game, they led you into, uh, you know, uh, into the labs, right? But here, it's like a little a, a little side tour, you know, a side detour that does not serve any real purpose other than to position you to have a couple more encounters with Lisa, which is fine. 
but I feel like it, it could have been more like elegantly integrated. Yeah, the, the, I think the idea is that they're not like they didn't want Lisa to be part of the lab. Yeah. You know, um, so they needed to have some kind of dungeon or some kind of ecology or some reason for her to be there. Um, and I can I can get into that. That's fine. Um, you know, but it's not that fun from a from a gameplay perspective. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is incredibly gamey. Like I can see where they got some of like the uh, some of, some of the goofier Leon stuff from Resident Evil Six and um, oh man, um, even Resident Evil Four here. Like it is just tunnels that rotate for no reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And like it's, it seems weird to criticize because the whole game has been things that do things for no reasons. Yeah, but it's it's like art and pornography. Like you know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, this makes sense. This feels a little bit incongruous, and this yeah. is something that feels a little incongruous. Like like maybe it's not as pretty. It, it, yeah. it, might, it might even be as shallow as that because at least in the uh, in, in in the in the mansion, it feels you know very ornate and very like intentionally designed. Whereas this, because it doesn't serve any other kind of purpose. It, uh, it it, it kind of suffers for just feeling a lot like a video game level in a game, you know, in a game that otherwise feels very video gamey. Well, and it's also like would require an order of magnitude more, you know, work. Like it would be, uh, I don't know, like masonry. <laughs> like you have to <laughs> hollow this tunnel and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's really crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this is uh, this is you know this like just having different you know custom locks. Mm-hmm. Not that big a deal. Yeah. This is much building a tunnel that can rotate and placing trap holders for no yeah. apparent reason. Like yeah, in a natural structure. Yeah, they're they're not really um, attempting to protect anything here. Whereas in the original version of the game, they were trying to protect the lab. Yeah, right. Yeah. And here it's like they're kind of trying to protect Lisa, but I guess you know I'll still forgive it because it's full of Lisa. Yes, but it's not it's not amazing or anything. Yeah. Uh, so pretty shortly once you enter uh, in, into the tunnels, you encounter Enrico, who's another uh, Bravo team member, um, mm-hmm. and he starts talking about a traitor in uh, in Star's ranks, but he is he is shot, and they make a point to uh, talk about how this is like a pr- a pro job, right? Yeah. Like somebody yeah. somebody really wanted him dead, so they shot him. So they shot him right good. When you want it, when you want someone dead, there's nothing like shooting. I know, and right? only a pro can do that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but you get a hex crank from him, which means you have to do some fucking around with cranks. Yeah, which means you have to game. not update your blog for months. Exactly. That's how. That's what they call fucking around with cranks. <laughs> um, wait, do, are you going to do a Christmas with the cranks? Like crossover and do a Christmas? <laughs> yeah. Thing? Is that the Vince Vaughn one, or is that for Christmases? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I think I think there should be a Christmas with the cranks update though. Um, <laughs> yeah. The uh, having two different cranks is annoying a little in bit. this game. Like I just think, eh, okay, fine. Um, and you don't get rid of them like keys. Like I mentioned on Facebook, but like when you use one of the things that Resident Evil has always done is once you use a key the last time you need it, it says, "Hey, do you want to throw this away? You don't need it." Like just a disembodied voice tells you that. That's great because inventory is so important. I don't want to carry around these things I don't I don't need. Yeah. But they can never do that with cranks because you could fuck yourself up and get trapped somewhere. Yeah. But I would love to, like, once I got past this point, just to be like, you don't need a crank anymore. Yeah, just go ahead and drop this. Yeah. Yeah. A little birdie tells you, this thing's useless now. Exactly. Yeah. But. Yeah. And this is just a bunch of, like, manipulating these hallways, uh, avoiding boulder traps, uh, fighting some hunters. Yeah, it's just kind of. Yeah. Those gigantic spherical boulders that don't actually exist. <laughs> yep. Those are Dan Jones boulders. Um, ultimately, you make your way to uh, a, a spider boss, mm-hmm. the, uh, the tiger spider, which is just a giant spider. Yeah. I'm full of little spiders, <laughs> and uh, you just shoot him. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty big room, um, just a big rectangle. You fight this guy in. Really, like he's more dangerous after he's dead because the little guys will poison you, um, yeah. and, and they're a lot harder to uh, to avoid. 
Yeah, you can yeah. stomp on them though, right? Like if you run over them, they'll die. Yeah, if you run over them, but if they come to you, yeah. they'll uh, they'll get an attack yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. But you, uh, the, it kind of reveals this elevator uh, that is broken, and you need to uh, do this really annoying uh, statue pushing puzzle. Uh, mm-hmm. To get the cylinder, it's it, it just kind of feels like they're putting obstacles in your way at this point. Yeah. Again, they're just putting obstacles in your way the whole time, but right yeah. now it just feels extraneous. I think that part of it is the lead up to. Um, I had a thought like during this game that I do think Resident Evil games are exceptionally stronger before they get to the lab. Yes. You know, like every Resident Evil game ends in a lab. Mm-hmm. Um, before they get to that, they're in a unique environment. Yeah. You know, and there's like novel things. Once they get to the lab, it's always kind of the same and I'm not very into it. And this is feels like a little bit of an extension to that. Like this is taking place chronologically where the lab would be. Yeah. So maybe part of it is just like I should be at the lab by now. Mm-hmm. And when I get to the lab, I'm always going to be a little bit bummed out because I'm not exploring this cool haunted mansion. Yeah. Like they're just, you know, significantly like kind of from this point on until you get to Lisa's room mm-hmm. and stuff, which is super cool, you run out of cool things to look at. Yeah. You know, like there's just not that much. There's some a couple cool set pieces in the lab, but not very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's true in almost every Resident Evil game. Yeah. Uh, like, it's especially egregious in um in Code Veronica. When you get to, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, like when you get to Antarctica. Um, uh, weirdly, a game that kind of avoids that is uh, Nemesis. Hmm. Like the like the, because it doesn't end in a lab. Like it goes through one, but it's like a waste disposal facility. Yeah, it's which lab- is a different kind of lab. It's it's, it's lab esque. I, I like I, yeah. I understand that, but for some reason, like having Nemesis there and the fact that he is continuously mutating and esca- you know, like just that that escalation that's present there. Like the focus isn't on what you're doing because you're really just running around the city and like visiting a couple of like greatest hits locations uh, from yeah. ra- from Raccoon City. But like you know, the, the the focus is less on the environment and it's more about these kind of encounters that they're designing around it. So even though it is another kind of lab, um, it is uh, it's sidesteps that in a way that you wouldn't expect from what otherwise would just kind of be this weird guiding game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Resident Evil 3, like, out of, when we talk about games that are, like, kind of interesting failures or weird missteps in a series, like, mm-hmm. that's the most waff Resident Evil game that there is. <laughs> yep. Like, Resident Evil 3 is so weird, but Nemesis is so cool that we could get a lot of mileage out of yeah. talking about it. I would love to revisit it at some point, but yeah. then obviously we have to wait, like, Two another 18 months or something like that yeah. Yeah, before we can do another Resident Evil game. But, like, I would love to talk about Resident Evil 3 because mm-hmm. I, I think the game is really good and really misunderstood yeah. and just super odd, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You know? Hmm. And the Rebecca Chambers isn't in it. No, so I like I that. Mean, she, she has a... She's, she's in the one of the epilogues, but she's not a... I, do, I choose to not watch that epilogue. Okay. Oh, you said that's you said Rebecca there. Chambers is not in it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, that's what I said. Cool. <laughs> I was just bringing us back to Resident Evil <laughs> Zero. Remake. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. I was just bringing it back to Zero. <laughs> Leech zombies are not as creepy as regular zombies. Grr. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> you're getting overbearing with the sound cues. Stop it with the violins. Yeah, yeah. we get it. <laughs> yeah. There's like, why are there this many, this huge variety of enemies, but none of them are that cool to look at? Yeah. Why is <laughs> why is everything a giant version of an animal? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fucking Resident Evil Zero. Yeah. Um, you, uh, so you repair this elevator, and then Barry just kicks you off of it? Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, just, and, just and don't be so obvious, man. And your character at least reacts appropriately, like, next yeah. time you see Barry, which I like. Yeah. Um, but you're down here in this little area you have to get through. Um, there is this, like, little circular room where Lisa is, mm-hmm. um, where she will chase you. And the way it's designed is super transparent. Yeah. Like, it is a circle. You can always get away from her, mm-hmm. but you can never do anything to her, and she's always going to be chasing you, which makes it really cool. Yeah. 
and her her attack range is uh, is always one hallway width. You know, yeah, it's it, it's one Lisa width. Uh, her, her her attack radius. So you do have to kind of like adjust to her and just you know make it make a circuit. So it's it's super transparent, but it's effective if you let yourself buy into it. Yeah. 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 And you also get to find her room, which is like the last little bit of really awesome environmental storytelling. Yes. In the game, which is super sad. Like she has her little summer house uh-huh. out in the uh, the field. Mm-hmm. And then she has this is this is her other place where she yeah. likes to sleep. All these uh, faceless dolls. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I don't know. Like it's it's super humanizing that she still knows how to make a fire. Right. Like there yeah. is there is intelligence in her in, in her for as for as badly as she is mutated. Like she hasn't lost this thing, and like she's just kind of like arrested as this, you know, little girl monster, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like she, she's innocent. Yeah, you know, like she hasn't done anything wrong, except for you know, steal those researchers' faces. Well, yeah, but she had a good reason for it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, she, 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 it's she, actually about games journalism, Cole. <laughs> okay, cool. She, she, she didn't. Uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, the the reason that she has multiple faces sewn on her face um, is because uh, the researchers are like, oh, we're we're onto something. But she seems real distraught. She wants her mom and dad. They uh, they tried to like cast a fake mom and dad. We don't miss Lisa at all. Uh, yeah, exactly. Bro. And uh, sent them in, and she figured it out. Killed them because you know she was she was halfway into into monsterism, and uh, stole their faces and kept them for safekeeping in case she ever found her mom and dad again, so she could give their faces back. Yeah, which is which is just great. Yeah, oh, that's really good. It reminds me, there's um like the someone being raised by fake parents mm-hmm. thing is like a trope I really like. There's a comic called um, Supreme. Or Supreme Power, that is like a remake of Squadron Supreme. That was like essentially like a realistic take on if Superman crashes a baby and was found by the government instead of found by people. Mm-hmm. So like, of course, we're going to raise this Superman to be an American hero and he's an alien. So he's actually really crazy and stuff. But they give him like fake parents and the fake though they have a whole the whole first issue is like his him as a baby and uh they're like feeding him propaganda in children's shows and stuff um and the the characterization of the parents is really interesting because they it's just a job for them and they're terrified like they have this (laughs) tiny alien thing that thinks that it's you know they're their parents and they have no love for it and they're just super scared of it yeah um it's super super cool and you have to think like what what actors are signing up (laughs) to be the mom and dad for for lisa trevor yeah you know, like, no, 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 I'm not going to monster babysit. Like, I will babysit <laughs> regular, but not monster babysit. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's super sad because, like, she has, like, little girl furniture, right? Like, yeah. ornate brass bed. And, you know, she has a yeah. diary that she is, you know, somehow still maintaining. And a jewelry box has a picture of her mom and dad and her in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, you're here to get uh, the final item you need to open up this uh, door that moans in the mansion. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. you end up making it back to the mansion. Um, I can't remember the specifics of how you get back there. Uh, uh, like this, uh, this, the, this summer home is right underneath her regular home. You go up a ladder and it's back oh, into the right. shack. Yeah. The yeah. shack's back and he's on the attack. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so you're kind of making your final run. Um, there's a there's a typewriter and an item box in a in a su- suspiciously convenient place, which means there's a boss fight here. Um, and mm-hmm. it, boy, is it a great boss fight! Yeah, yeah. It's one of the very few like good boss fights in Resident Evil history. Yeah. Um, which is Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, so the you're on this platform with these four uh, anchored stones that are attached to a coffin, mm-hmm. and uh, she's fighting you there. She is invincible. Yeah. Um, you run into Barry, 
And uh, you can be mad at him about this whole family thing, or you can give his gun back. If you don't give his gun back, he will likely die. Yeah. If you give his gun back, he will distract Lisa uh, so that you can push these stones relatively uh, un- uh, unbothered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, her her head tentacles are in full effect, like they burst out. It's really creepy. She looks like pin, uh, Pinhead, but with, uh, with flesh instead of, you know, pins. And, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, there's a, like, there's a note that alludes to roughly what you're supposed to do here, talking about, like, how she has been trying to push these stones, which I don't get because she seems really strong to me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, she just gets bored easy. Yeah. Uh, but by pushing these stones off, you lift the, 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 the heavy cement lid off this coffin, uh, you know, where her mom is. And she has been, you know, kind of worshiping at this place. Like, oh, mommy's going to be here. Uh, shouldn't you? You'll see. You'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. Except it's a skeleton inside of it. And, and uh, again, a super heartbreaking moment. She screams out, mother. Like, this is a monster who has the capability for speech. And she throws herself off of the ledge. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to commit suicide, but from what we, from what we understand, she will never die. Yeah, like she's down at the bottom of this pit. Yeah, and it is ready to to show up as a boss and like President <laughs> Evil, the Shootman Chronicles on the <laughs> Wii U or what have you. Yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, it's if unfortunate. If you're Chris uh, Wesker, is here helping you? Hmm. Yeah, it's nice of him. I know. <laughs> it's big of him. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he probably he probably wants to see Lisa go away because she is evidence of his research. Him and Burke. Yeah, and and terrifying. Oh yeah. Like and she would kill him if she could. Yeah, she's an affront to humanity. Yeah. Uh well before yeah. Wesker's like, I want to be an affront to humanity. Yeah, I need to turn into a super speed vampire. <laughs> like I can't I can't you know, I can't have this super super hard thing. I need to turn into like a fucking super saiyan <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Get kung fu moves and wire fu action and shit. Yeah. Um, because the series used to be kind of grounded. Man, Code Veronica's um, weird. Yeah, like I like that game, but it's weird. I don't know if I'd still like it though. That's part of the reason that would be another one to revisit too. Because I think that yeah. could be the first one I went back to. Where I was like, I don't think this is very good. Like I remember it being good, it liking holds it up. and everything, but does it? Yeah, in my, in, okay. in my you know, in my in my opinion, obviously, I'm very fond of the series. Um, it does hold up. Like I played it uh, relatively recently, like as recently Even as like three years the, ago. The dumb Wesker getting superpower stuff. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Um, yeah. it's, it's there. If you ignore that, like the, like the Ashfords, um, are really yeah. good, a uh, really good plot line. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't really, like, I like Resident Evil 6. Like, I can't talk. <laughs> like, I like, I, I like these games too, but it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Like, I, I am, you know, I have no, uh, no credibility here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things that gets a lot better if you slowly cease to care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which you would, like, have to do. And if you didn't at Resident Evil 5, I don't know what, mm-hmm. that got to help you. Yeah. Which is like, it, it, you know, it, it's a little lazy and it's a, it's, it's super uncritical, but I feel like as long as I can admit that, that is, that, that there's a certain amount of intellectual consistency with that. Oh, totally. Like there, yeah. there are all kinds of people who, who like bad games, mm-hmm. you know, like there, there are the series that they will just, they'll just play, mm-hmm. you know, even though they're not great. Like we talked about that, that X-Men game. Like I like those overhead, you know, console Diablo likes that aren't yeah. Diablo. Like I like those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll play them even though they're not that great. Yeah. I just like them. Definitely. You know, I, I played the Tony Hawks up into Tony Hawk Underground too. Like, <laughs> you know, like I still enjoyed that going through that game, even though it had like a, you know, the jackass yeah. guys, yeah, even though the remote control car, bam, margerified. Yeah, even though like like it was all about him sticking remote control cars up his butthole. Yeah, I still enjoyed it. I was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> this is good games. Um, <laughs> like, doing good things for the medium. Yes. Um, but American, but yeah, American Evil, Wasteland yeah. was a, was a bridge too far. I, I think I played that one too. I think that was the last one I actually got. I don't think I love that one, but I think I did get it. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I will play shitty games, and this this series is it's not shitty, but it is super problematic as it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's, it's, it, it loses something and it gains another thing, which is decidedly worth less. Yeah. 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 And, and it's helped a lot by the fact that five and six are co-op. Yeah. Like the, 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 the genre, the, like the actual mechanics of it are very fun mm-hmm. with two people. Yeah. So that, that's, that's a huge, huge difference. Yeah. And I even played through both of those single player and like they, they hold up in a way that you wouldn't expect them to. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, she dies. Yeah. Or doesn't die. Unfortunately, yeah. she's gone. And we don't do a deal with her. Now we're back on Resident Evil Prime. Yeah. Uh, you know, back uh, to uh, Resident Evil non-remake mm-hmm. material yeah. in the lab. In the lab itself, which continues to look spooky, like you know, you you're, you're draining this fountain to get down there. Um, it's a little bit less colorful than in the uh, than in the original. Like uh, I remember there being like just a primary color of red. Um, if you can say anything about the about the design of this game, I mean, you know, vi- visually, it does sap a lot of the color. Yeah, uh, from the original, which it, it is a loss in its own way, um, and it makes everything look like, you know super industrial, super early two thousand uh, games. But uh, the fidelity is there, um, at, at least enough to carry it through. Like you're you're close to the end, so it doesn't it, it doesn't have a huge impact on the overall experience. Yeah, and the lab section is a little bit shorter than I remembered it being. Yeah, which is nice. And I think out of lab sections in Resident Evil games, this is relatively forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because they added that tunnel section right before it. Yeah. Um, you know, so they didn't feel the need to add anything to this, which I'm happy about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's hit on some, some high points here. Um, so it's it's the end of the game. So there are tougher zombies. Um, you know, President Evil says that these are ones that have gotten infected first. Mm -hmm. So they've been, you know, they're further mutated along and that kind of bears out. Like they turn into crimson heads much quicker. Yes. Than other zombies. Yeah. Um, in the original game, they were super spooky because they were naked. Yeah. So it was apparent that they were like test subjects as opposed to mostly what we have here, which are scientists, right? Like this yeah. is, this is ground zero, uh, for the infection. Um, although that is later retconned, um, insofar as the actual infection was caused by James Marcus. Yeah. Um, in there that other mansion, which is a hundred yards away. Uh, <laughs> okay. Eat your Resident Evil Zero. That's the one, like, you know, like I just, we were just talking about how apologetic we are for the series. And that's like the one game. It's like that dead aim and survivor. Like I have no, yeah. no affection for. I'm even mm-hmm. super curious about Outbreak. Like both those games. I never yeah. actually got through them, but I'm like really curious about them. Yeah. But like, I'll never go back and play Resident Evil Zero. <laughs> Fuck that game. Yeah. Uh, yep. But yeah, uh, they'll turn into crimson heads really quick, uh, which it signals that to you because you find a kerosene tank. Like, why would I do that? Crimson heads are yeah. just a mansion thing. No, no. Like yeah, no. four rooms later, they will they, they will leap back up uh, and come yeah. after you. And r- really, what you're seeing here is, you know, again, it's ground zero. You're seeing labs where they're uh, uh, experimenting on people, including a really chilling image of like frozen bodies hung up like dry cleaning. Yeah, yeah. I am um, on Wednesday of this week. Um, me and my game group and uh, Zach from Video Games Hot Dog went to the Portland haunted house that we have, uh-huh. and they had in their newest thing they had a room that was like that, except you had to actually push your way past the corpses. Oh shit! Um, it was very chilling. Like they looked really realistic, mm-hmm. and it was like just dark enough to where like oh any of these things could caress my hair as I passed by. Like Ugh. this is super super spooky. <laughs> like they did a real good job. Yeah, it was it was the best year yet. So. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but I couldn't it, go. Reminded me of this. 
lousy, hey, you've been, lousy you know, fucking job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, like employment is the there's no dignity in it. Um, yeah, and it robs you I, from uh, good I, experiences. I don't get to get my hair caressed by a corpse. <laughs> yeah, you you would have dug this, dude. Like yeah. we we could have like done a, like a full episode kind of recounting it because it was it was at least to my mind. I don't know. Like I wonder if Zach will talk about his Portland trip at all on on the show. But like to my mind, it was a really really cool experience. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh well, just think about yeah. what could have been. Yeah, so we still get a cool haunted house every year. You get that prison one. Yeah, I need to get you out here oh. for that. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to do that. We just, there just needs to be somebody start a retro gaming convention in Cincinnati. See, um, God, God damn it, Gary! Like that would have to be us. Well, no, I don't want us to do it because <laughs> we had to plan for attending one. I want someone else to do it? God damn it! Um, so let's talk about this X-ray puzzle. Like yeah. just kind of cruising through because we've been recording for a while and we miles ago before we sleep. Mm-hmm. And the game is compressing at the end here, where I'm like, yeah. I. Even when I was playing, I was like, I care less. Yeah, it, it really is just like an order of operations, right? Because you're trying to get into this computer. Uh, it has, uh, you know, a password, uh, multiple passwords. Even if you know the password from the original version of the game, you know, John, Ada, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there, There is a secondary password in order to unlock all the rooms. Um, and that is revealed by kind of rearranging these x-rays around. And um, uh, they, they call it the colon, but it should be the rectum, Gary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I noticed that as well. Yeah, it should be rel. <laughs> should be should be the password. Yeah, and then um, uh, it, th- th- yeah. this is noteworthy because Cell is the name of the terrorist group from um, from Resident Evil Six. Yeah, yeah, it all comes back together. Yes, it does. Um, you're finding all these MO discs. You have the one, but you also are finding other ones, and mm-hmm. they open up this three part lock to these holding cells. And kind of a cute touch, you're putting them inside Game Cubes. Mm-hmm. Which I wonder if they'll keep that or if they'll update it for the HD remix. It'll be whatever system you're playing it on. Yeah, that'll be cool if they do that. Like, I always think that's cute. Yeah. When that happens. Mm-hmm. That was a decidedly GameCube kind of thing, wasn't it? Um, yeah, there are several games where that happens. Yeah. In it, but it's adorable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a room with a slide machine. Uh, you, you, you plop a slide carousel on there, and uh, you see Wesker palling around with some umbrella scientist. Birkin's there, looking uh, looking super blonde and uh, and fey. And uh, it also reveals uh, some names of some monsters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is cool. Like, yeah. I like that, you know, they're studying these things. And it kind of shows that, like, these monsters are not the side effect. Right. You know, like, these. this is the point. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make monsters. Like, that is the idea. Um, is this also where you can develop the film or, like, show Richard's film? Yeah, yeah. There's video yeah. editing equipment. And uh, yeah. if you picked up his, his VHS tape, you can pop it in there and uh, and, and see his, uh, his police cam. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which, like, I, I said on Facebook, and I'll just say it again in case anyone doesn't follow us on Facebook. Like, if... The guys, if stars members can have body cameras, mm-hmm. fuck, fuck you, Ferguson. Like, <laughs> cops should have body cameras. <laughs> they even stars has them. Mm-hmm. Why don't cops have body cameras? Solve so many problems. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think it's a monstrous to disagree with that kind of thing. Like, oh, it'd be expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck you. Yeah. The, the, um, yeah, it's like right now more or less legal just for mm-hmm. them to kill kill yeah. people. There, there like, is there is no yeah. justice in anonymity, and there is no justice in something you feel you have to hide. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yep. So, ugh, cops. Um, that makes me want to play Resident Evil 2 and kill some <laughs> zombo <laughs> cops. Jesus, scary. No, no, no. It doesn't. <laughs> um, what else? Um, there's the room that you can't get through totally because you have to go through these vents. Yeah, with the with the chimeras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which look like um the don't they look like uh, drain demoses yes. from one of the later games? Yeah, yeah, they look like drain demoses from uh from Resident Evil Three. Yeah, uh, they, they are. <laughs> So uh, I read into the backstory of these because I like the chimeras. They, they were on the back of the strategy guide for the uh, for the mm-hmm. first game, and uh, I remember looking at them and it's like, oh my gosh, that is so creepy! Like being simultaneously repulsed and terrified of something, but fascinated with it. 
And I'm sad mm-hmm. that they don't factor in more because they are half fly, half human. Yeah, like they, they look, look like that. They, 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 take a, they take a human embryo uh, infected with uh, fly DNA with T-virus as a binding agent and then, then implant that into a woman and have her give birth to a fly baby. And uh. that is where Chimera come from. You're my sugar fly, honey, <laughs> baby. Um, <laughs> the, uh, they, it's, it's interesting too. They have, uh, they'll do, they'll kind of traverse the ceiling mm-hmm. and they'll do a grab attack from the ceiling, which your defensive item does work on, mm-hmm. which is a really cool little unique animation for this late in the game. Yeah. Where you use the, uh, you know, uh, a stun gun on them and they have to drop you mm-hmm. from there. It looks really cool. Can you imagine the smell of cooking zombie flesh or fly flesh yeah. from that? The- yeah, it smells. It reminds me of um, because it's already rotted. Like uh, you know, like vultures will puke on you as a defense thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like the worst smell in the world because yeah. they're already eating rotting flesh, and then mm-hmm. it is just like that's already rotting flesh vomit. It is further further processed in their in their horror gullet. Yeah, and it's supposed to be just like you smell it, and it's just supposed to be worse than anything you've ever smelled in your life, mm-hmm. and instantly makes you puke. Yeah, there was a great and, story about that uh, in the listener mail of a recent stuff you should know, actually, yeah. about a guy who who got hit by it uh, by a mama vulture and had to like basically get rid of all of his clothes and ride home in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah, ugh, <laughs> ugh. no thanks. I can't even imagine something that smells that bad. Yeah, no. And I farted in a sensory deprivation tank. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but my only response to that is white people problems. (laughs) (laughs) I'll check my privilege. My sensory deprivation takes part in privilege. And and I'm not even I'm not even a person who throws around like white people problems or first world problems. I feel like that's fucking irritating. But um, that's the only appropriate response, I think. It it is a white person problem, I think. (laughs) It is probably fair. <laughs> well, it's funny because it defeats uh, the purpose because smell is a sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. No. Well, I'll try not to fart in the future. Yeah. So the, the next time I'm I'm floating, so no dice, no guarantees. My body is a wonderland; it can do what it wants. So this chimera, uh, you know, like you're pretty much in here to get uh, a key and also another MO disc, and uh, uh, you're head over to this uh, kind of like furnace fuel room. Um, where you find out that uh, you need more fuel in order to power the rest of the uh, the, the, the rest of the complex, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so you have to clear out these uh, chimera, or just avoid them. You can actually run past them pretty yeah. easy at this point, which is what I was doing because I was impatient. <laughs> well, you can run. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you can run, because eventually you get that nitro tank and you cannot run. Yeah. Um, because if you run, you'll you'll blow up, and it tells you that in very explicit terms mm-hmm. as soon as you pick it up. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I'm not sure what that adds. It really bugs me that that's yeah. there. Yeah, there's a grasping element to the end of Resident Evil games, like, and this is just evidence of it. But luckily, like, this is more or less it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like this is the last thing you do, and then you get at the, t- the Tyrant Lab, mm-hmm. which, like, loses a little impact in the face of Lisa Trevor, I feel like. Yeah. The first time I saw the Tyrant, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Now it's like, well, this is a less imaginative and less... You know, there's no pathos to this, and yeah. you know, this isn't very cool. But the first time, I was really impressed by the the tyrant. Yeah, well, they have a really effective design. Like their uh, their hands are these gigantic claws, and their heart is on the outside, which seems incredibly yeah. impractical, but yeah. uh, cuts a striking silhouette. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Wesker's there. Yeah, and he reveals himself to be the mastermind behind it all. Yeah. Yep. And he, he tells uh, Barry, you know, Barry puts a you put a gun to his head, Barry puts a gun to your head, and he's like, you know, yeah, that Barry. Yeah, family. Well, thank you for this. Um, and then eventually, though, Barry will actually turn on Wesker and say, fuck his family. Yeah. 
and then plugs him. Um, if you're Chris, uh, you're down here alone with him, and uh, Wesker unleashes the tyrant, hmm. and uh, the tyrant kills him. That okay. is the canonical ending, actually. Like that—that that, that yeah. is that is the canonical way that Wesker's uh, story ends here, because uh, the tyrant like reinfects him, uh, you know, and that is how he gets kind of started on this treadmill of various viruses that turns him uh, into what we see in you know Code Veronica and beyond. Essentially, a god. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's there's no reason to, like... That's what Umbrella should be trying to do, is make more Weskers. Mm-hmm. You know, but Wesker doesn't work for Umbrella. Doesn't he have a shadowy other employer or something like that? Like, it gets yeah. really con- convoluted. Mm-hmm. Um, in, like, the Wesker files, which you can find translated on, yeah. on YouTube, and they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, which... But you're up for a boss fight at this point. Yeah. With the tyrant. Mm-hmm. In this uh, U-shaped arena, um, hopefully you saved your Magnum rounds, because that makes very short work of him. Otherwise, like, he's pretty slow moving. Like, once he gets a bead on you, he starts charging. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to, um, r- dodge to his non-dominant side. But if you have yeah. the, if you have the Magnum, you can just kind of take him out from a, from a very safe distance, uh, with only like, you know, six through ten shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a big deal. Um, Wesker is carrying around Birkin's diary. Yeah. With him, which is salacious. The, uh, and, uh, I wonder who he has a crush on. <laughs> exactly, For probably Wesker. Annette, his wife. Um. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> well, who Wesker has a crush on? Ooh, he's yeah. just hoping that he's written, written like you know, Mister William Wesker, <laughs> um, like over and over in the diary. Um, but it mentions Alexia, who we know from Code Veronica, um, as a discoverer of the progenitor virus and Wasp Queen. Yeah, oh. a dragonfly queen. Dragonfly queen. There yeah, we go. That's what that's what they're obsessed with. Not to not to correct you, but I, I you know I was just referring to the fact that she's a white Anglo Saxon Protestant. True, true. Yes, so. she 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 is a member of the aristocracy. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, this also, uh, you know, this is Birkin's diary talking about his success in developing the G virus, right? So this yeah. is this is the through line. It kind of you know shows you. Yes, they are retconning this later canon into it, but also like beyond this point, like the events are already set in motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and a self-destruct sequence starts. Yeah. Uh, if you is this where you get the other mo mo disc or no? You can go down to the lab and see your yeah, partner, but, but you can't actually open the door until the self-defense or self-destruct. Yeah, the self-destruct will like open all the doors. It's super indirect um, that those doors are going to be open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it just kind of says all doors unlocked. Which if you've been down there before, uh, my second playthrough as Chris, I was super tired. And um, mm-hmm. I forgot. So uh, in the in the in the playthrough that I recorded, I did not rescue him. Mm. So I need to go take back. That. Yeah, take take that, Chris. Mentum <laughs> Johnny Neck. <laughs> yeah, take that beef boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're making your way up through this like other latch that was said it would only be open in case of emergencies to make your way to a helipad. Mm-hmm. Um, where luckily, um, you know, you're doing another fight against the tyrant. And again, if you have, you should have enough magnum ammo, assuming you haven't been using out hunters and stuff, to get him down to the the pre-scripted part where Brad drops a rocket launcher. Yeah, for you, which is super satisfying. Um, yeah, there's some instances where he will be able to dodge the rocket. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, they give you more than one round. Um, yeah, yeah, and they do uh, they they do a great like multiple camera angles cut as you blow yeah. him apart. It's very funny. Um, yeah. They, they, they treat him with a gravitas like he has been harrying you for the entire game. But in reality, he's only been a part of your world for seven minutes. Yeah, he's not He's not very cool. Like, uh, the tyrant's not great. Like, it's a cool design, but in retrospect, he's no nemesis. He's no Mr. X. He's no Lisa Trevor. Yeah. Like, out of the Resident Evil big bads, he's probably the least interesting. Yep. Um, yeah. do, do you know how they make tyrants? Um, I, I'm sure I read it at some point, but yeah. I don't remember. Teenage Boys. 
have uh, oh, yeah. like 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 the, the the right combination of um, like you know testosterone and others uh, other hormones that uh, that interact with the T virus in order to if they incubate it right turn it into tyrants. So every tyrant oh, is a is a teenage boy who's been mutated beyond recognition. Hmm. Yeah. Useless huh. fact of the day. Yeah, I used to have that like that really expensive Resident Evil archives book. I bought from a Barnes and Noble, and then I sold it because it was really expensive. Yeah. But do you remember that thing? Like, did you ever get a hold of that? No, no. Um, I'd recommend. It's so expensive. Don't buy it. I'd recommend just finding a PDF of it online. Mm-hmm. You like it? It is. It is all this esoterica, Resident Evil canon and stuff. Yeah. And really cool drawings of all the monsters and and items and the shit. Yeah. You dig it? Cool. What's it called? <laughs> the Resident Evil Archives. Okay. But not, oh, that came out like recently. I had an option to buy that, like that, or uh, an opportunity uh, to buy that. Uh, uh, like like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. They had. It, for... I think it it came out before that, but then there's a second one that came out. Okay. There's the archives and archives two, and I think the second one deals with like Resident Evil four through, you know, four or five, and yeah, yeah. You know, probably Gaiden and shit. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the the first one's like all the old stuff. Um, but I'm pretty sure you can find PDFs of it because it's, you know, I bought it for like 20 bucks at Barnes Noble and then, mm-hmm. you know, ended up selling it for like 80 because for some <laughs> reason it's super rare. Yeah. Um, and then when you're searching, make sure you search in books because Resident Evil Archives is what they call the, uh, the Wii. Oh, the re-releases? Yeah. Re-releases. The Wii releases. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, that's Resident Evil 1. Yeah. Or Remake, rather. Yeah. Uh, when you fly away, the, uh, the mansion explodes, um, into a bunch of planks. It's actually a really goofy animation. Yeah. But yeah, you fly off into the sunset or the sunrise. It's a sunrise. Yeah. 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 And uh, it makes sense. Like, I I like, I love how Mm self-contained that is. Like, they put in those hints that things are going to happen since it is a prequel. Technically, Mm -hmm. it's not a prequel, but a remake of an original that there have been sequel since. But, like, I think it stands as its own thing. Like, well, that was creepy. We took care of that. Yeah. And that's a story, and that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, there's a certain quaint charm to the, uh, to, like, to the sprawl that happens. Like in the next maybe four or five games, like up through Code Veronica, mm-hmm. uh, and then it you know eventually gets you know more out of control than it even started as. But uh, yeah, that that self-contained nature to it is uh, uh, makes it really approachable uh, in a way that doesn't kind of carry the weight of like expectation to know what the hell's going on because it doesn't yeah. really matter no matter what. Yeah. 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 Certainly, it's very good. Like it is, you can make a strong case that this is you know the strongest game in the series or mm-hmm. at least you can make a strong case as such yeah and you i would know, even if, if not that i would even go so far as to say that like you know if you are a person you know if you if you've listened this far okay but if you're a person who you know has had no experience with survival horror up to this point like i would say maybe silent hill 2 is a much more satisfying narrative experience like narrative mm-hmm. and, and aesthetic but if you're looking for like the ur example of like so many aspects of what makes this genre special executed you know near flawlessly you could do a lot worse than to play this and i'm super happy that it's going to be so readily available to so many people that like uh you, you know for for archival purposes this feels like a very important work um um, you know, for this, you know, neglected dead end of a genre. Yeah, absolutely. Like Silent Hill 2, part of what impressed me about it is because I was already fluent in the genre. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see some, them do something interesting with it. Yeah. You know, like this is where you're going to get that base that people are going to be playing against, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the rest of the genre. Yeah. You know, and it's like you could do like I would say if you like let's say you never played a survival horror game, like I would put the this would be a great a great one. I'd put like this up there and then, you know, Amnesia and Eternal Darkness. Yeah. As other options as well. Like just like super awesome standout games that don't require a huge investment and mm-hmm. 
you don't have to play the rest of them. Yeah. You know, super good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very, very fun. Yeah. Really happy we did it for the show. Um, yeah. Uh, let's not come back to Resident Evil for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that, I mean, more people have requested four than three. Yeah. I but And I, I think it would be good to do something that isn't tank control Resident Evil. Yes. You know, same reason why. So I think eventually we'll probably do Resident Evil 4. Keep mm-hmm. your fucking pants on. But it'll be, <laughs> it'll be like, you know, a couple of years, year and a half. Yeah. Or so. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, uh, we'll stay away from those examples. Next time we do a survival horror game, it'll be something totally different. <laughs> Maybe we'll do amnesia. Yeah. It'll be fun. Mm. That game is fucking terrifying. Yeah. And great. <laughs> I love that game so um, much. Yeah. Amnesia is so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's kind of like, I don't have that much wrap up stuff to say because no. it is, it's just really, really well done. It mm-hmm. is a very impressive game. Yeah. This is, uh, I think concluding our, our, our autumn of Capcom. Yeah. 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 No Capcom for a little while. Yeah. But, uh, no matter what. Um, what are we doing uh, next time, Cole? Next time we're going to be doing um, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, kind of continuing this little horror uh, corner that we have going on. That was the winner mm-hmm. of our autumn adventure game poll. Uh, that is uh, a point-and-click adventure game based on Harlan Ellison's uh, short story of the same mm-hmm. name. Uh, it's available on Steam and GOG for the princely sum of six whole American dollars. Yeah, just the six bucks. Yeah. So I'm a, I haven't started playing that because of that Portland Retro Gaming Expo prep, but I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Excited to talk about that. Speaking of which... Um, after that, we are releasing our live episode yeah. of uh, Watch Out Fireball. So it's going to be a fun episode. Um, it's going to be probably a part of it, us just kind of jawing about the experience because yeah. it was a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who just listen to Watch Out for Fireballs, this is the first time you've heard us since uh, this is the second time we've recorded anything since we've been back. Mm-hmm. First time you've heard us. It was great. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, assuming you're not on the Facebook or anything. And uh, so we're going to be talking about that. Then we have our, our actual live panel, which I think went really well. Mm-hmm. Even though I am embarrassed to say, like, the whole time we were there, like, afterwards, I was like, oh, we didn't talk about blocking. <laughs> uh, or not, not blocking, I'm sorry, throwing. Oh, yeah. Which is so important to to Street Fighter 2. And we just didn't mention it because we were making dumb jokes about character origins, which what? was, like, fine. It was yeah. good. Like, the show uh, went well. But I was afterwards, I was like, oh, man. We brought it up a little bit in talking about the uh, the rock, paper, scissors of it oh yeah like it's 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 in there but like you know we didn't give it uh enough shrift i believe yeah yeah Yeah, like so then i felt a little bit embarrassed about that but all in all it's good and then the second half it will be our edited uh you know responses from the show floor with people we actually played the the exercise yeah okay cool yeah yeah um are we ready to announce our big winter western rpg let's do it because I, i have a request okay people so yeah go ahead and uh right. and announce it so uh we've announced that this is going to be a three-parter um usually we do a western rpg in the winter um and we're ready to come out with this we are playing morrowind yeah the elder scrolls morrowind yes so yeah and after we finish you're gonna say i want some morrowind <laughs> um or less a wind and my re- request is i've talked to several people who like morrowind but nobody can help me split it up into thirds mm-hmm. um so if you're listening to the show and you are a big fan of Morrowind. I know you're out there because it's a really highly requested game. Um, tell us where we should have our breakpoints. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, roughly split the game into thirds. It's going to be three episodes and then an extra episode, yeah. similar to how we did Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Um, so we're going to spend a whole month on Morrowind. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm about ready to, to get started on her. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's available. Like, you can get the Game of the Year edition on Steam for $20. Uh, I'm going to make a venture to say we probably won't talk too much about the actual, you know, like, ins and outs of the expansions. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we might just do like vanilla, van- vanilla Morrowind, except to mention anything uh, in particular about those. I haven't consulted Gary about this, but I'm imagining in an already sprawling uh, game, we might not want to add more to our plates. Yeah, I well, one thing is like when you say vanilla, I don't want to do the DLCs, but I would. I'm going to mod it for playability a little bit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like whatever the the most popular, you know, <laughs> like here are the mods you have to do to to make the game work. I'm gonna I'm gonna do them because of playability because I've so be the second time I tried to play this game. Um, you know, I like Skyrim, I liked Oblivion, um, but when I went back to try to play this, I had a hard time with it uh, mm-hmm. just because it was a little bit inscrutable. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to having some things that kind of yeah uh, lube that up. So to speak. (laughs) Please don't. Please don't speak so. (laughs) So, yeah, so Morrowind. And, uh, you know, again, somebody could tell us where to split that off into thirds. Mm -hmm. Please. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, as far as other stuff, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, in place of our skip, we have Duckstream coming up Mm -hmm. November 21st and 22nd, our charity live stream for Transactive. Um, We really hope you'll join us and be generous. It is a great cause. We're not keeping any of the money. It all goes to to Transactive Mm -hmm. directly. So uh, we'll have details about that at duckfeed.tv slash uh, duckstream. Yep. Yep. Indeed. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, um, and general ratings, reviews, yep. all that stuff is super helpful. Oh, and uh, go to uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash store. There is a new uh, Super Mario Lab album Yeah, available. Mm-hmm. It plays nice with the first album. Put them all yeah. in one big shuffle pot and uh, enjoy, uh, 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 what is it, 90? It's about 90 minutes. Yeah, about 90 minutes of very short video game-esque tunes composed yeah. by uh, our very own Gary Butterfield. I'm sure you're fond yeah. of him. 100, 102 songs in about 90 minutes. Nice. Um, yep. um, yeah. I'd like to thank our sponsor, uh, Neon Sky Studio. Thanks, Jala. And her yeah. webcomic, Salem Ort. Yeah, and her short story, uh, Please Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that's probably it. Yeah. So uh, until next time, what should they watch out for? Uh, they should watch out for T viruses, C viruses, G viruses, Nemesis Alpha, Nemesis Epsilon, uh, the progenitor, and the uh, pathway to the sun. And the lost Plagas. Ah, damn it. I always forget about Plagas. <laughs> no. <laughs> Y'all forgot about Plagas. <laughs> <laughs>